This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Hulu Plus. Watch your favorite shows anytime, anywhere with Hulu Plus on your TV or on the go with your smartphone or tablet. And right now you can get Hulu Plus free for two weeks when you go to HuluPlus.com slash thumbs. You know who else brought, brought, brought this episode to us, Sean? This episode is also brought to you by NatureBox, which delivers delicious snacks right to your door. Try it at naturebox.com slash thumbs for 50% off your first order. My God. That was like watching Mickey Mantle hit home runs. It's like watching a drunk, abusive white guy hit home runs. I love Naturebox. As much as Mickey Mantle loves home runs. That's not a proofed copy. Let's do this. Jake, it's... This episode is also brought to you by May 21st, 2014. This is Idle Thumbs 160. I am Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. And we are joined by our good friend, Danielle Rendo. Hello, Junior Mint reporting. Nice. Oh, oh man, Junior Mint. I think it's Junior Mints. Oh, yes. This Junior Mints, plural. <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. just one mint. I'm many no, mints. No, you're like Junior's Mint. a lot mint. of mints going on. Yeah. Yes. Junior's man. Mint. <laughs> Junior's Mint. <Yeah. laughs> That's how it goes. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for, uh, you know, letting me back. The angle of your microphone makes you look like the neighbor from Home Improvement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from over Wilson. here. I just, Wilson. I mean, his name was Wilson. You were full Wilsoning on my end. Yeah. I don't like it. You can see his eyes and never his mouth. You never knew if he had like a ghoulish mouth or something terrible. Was going he must on have been there. ghoulish, Remember, that time, right? remember yeah. that time on Home Improvement when an Asian evil awoken? And it turns out that Wilson had like a crazy. <laughs> he had a tiny Wilson. See the like the the smoke <laughs> flittering through the, the cracks <laughs> on the fence. He had one of those like one of those crazy jaw like ghost jaws where like his head was like, <laughs> like poked, crazy ghost kept, jaw. Well, you know, like his you know his head poked above yeah. the fence. His head just keep going going up, but you never it never reached the bottom of his jaw. And so just jaw. an elongated mouth just that like, kept. Extending like an unhinged, unhinged, like, unhinged, unhinged, unhinged like, like a mandible and a chrome like, skull came right, out. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, and then remember when all the rest of like the entirety of the universe of that show was sucked <laughs> mm-hmm. into Wilson's starting with Jonathan, just, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Just, yeah, uh-huh. just he was too small, he never had a slid chance. In. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah. the first to go. I guess yeah. I never saw the last episode of Home Improvement or most episodes of Home Improvement. <laughs> yeah, this well, this was like. It was inspired Mid- by the end of Dinosaurs. This was like midway through the last season, and the what? rest of the season was really weird. Oh, it took a turn? <laughs> yeah, it just I became see. adventure It was time. mainly just black screams and sounds. Yeah. Ghoulish screaming in the background. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. They ran out of material. I don't know where I'm going. Tim Allen this. stopped writing books, and they had no, nothing to pull from. <laughs> they, li- they, like us, ran out of material. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ever play the Home Improvement Super NES game? That exists. Wilson's Revenge. It must. <laughs> 
Oh, the one where the Agent Evil awakens. Wilson's yeah. Are you sure you're yeah. not thinking of Halo 4 for the Xbox 360? <laughs> no, your description of that, uh, if that really happened mid-season, that seems like it's just the most hasty, like, fuck, Tim Allen wants out of his contract. He signed on for three subsequent Santa Claus, Santa Claus sequels. They're shooting right. them back yeah, to back yeah. to back. I guess we're just putting a chrome flaming skull in Wilson's head and the remaining <laughs> episodes are about the cast living in the apocalypse. Yep. Wouldn't that be beautiful? It'd be fine. That's also the kind of thing that, especially in the 90s, I could see some showrunners like just deciding they're going to do something ambitious and just going completely <laughs> off the rails. Because, I mean, well, I mean, there was a Punky Brewster episode not like to that. that extent, but like, there, I feel like that kind of thing happened. There, what, wait, there really what? was. What? Really? Yes. What I mean, was okay, it? we're talking 80s now, and I was very, very young, so perhaps this is a little bit of weird, you know, you might be, You might be. I'm sure, no, I'm sure this is an ironclad memory. Go ahead. Okay, there, there really was a Punky Brewster episode where like weird supernatural shit happened. Like they went to this weird cave. And everybody was haunted in some way, and something strange happened to everybody. And then it was like part two, and then it was all a dream, but it wasn't really all a dream. It was very weird. Was it like all Look a dream? Up. And they're like, oh, thank God. But then you see, like, <laughs> yeah, there was something like that. <laughs> exactly. Did that episode like come that. after the Punky Brewster episode where she gets locked in the refrigerator, which was yes. like the PSA episode? So maybe this is like an oxygen deprived fever dream that she oh, had. Maybe all. it was. Maybe every episode was after that actually is. It just, just takes place in her, like, in, her, in coma brain. In, in, in like, right, yeah, yeah, the, like, Two or three minutes as her brain is just being deoxygenated. Do they still do like that? The PSA, like very special episodes. Yeah, very special episodes. This is one we talk about. Whatever. I feel like they did with Glee. There was something about like potential, and I don't remember a hundred percent, but it was something about either teen suicide or something along those lines. I felt like all of Glee was basically a PSA. Yeah, feels like that one show. (laughs) Just being a healthy, like fun-loving, clean-living kid. Yeah, singing. Singing, singing your songs. Speaking of singing, <laughs> video game segue. Whoa. There's really good singing in Transistor That's true. by Supergiant Games Incorporated. That's correct. And my, what a game that is. Yeah, you yeah. reviewed it. Your yes. review went up today, right? Yes, it did. I thought we were going to start talking about the Transistor episode of Glee. I was really, <laughs> I was really excited. But no. I wish. That'd be cool. Transistor the video game, though, probably should be talked about. Yeah, Transistor the video game. So this is the second game from Supergiant. They made Bastion, mm-hmm. which, you know, everybody mm-hmm. loved. Well, most people loved. So Find me somebody I who didn't love it. that game. Yeah, I'll show like, you a fucking liar. I feel like, yeah, most people did. I can't find anybody really in my good. brain right now who didn't yeah. love it. Um, so Transistor is basically, um, in terms of gameplay, it's not completely far off of Bastion. It's still an action RPG. There's still a lot of hack and slash going on, but you're actually sort of dividing your time halfway in between real-time battles and sort of this turn-based element uh, yeah, I like battles, that a lot. which yeah, is it's really like a, good. like a tactical element. Yeah. Like, tactical, like really yeah. present in Bastion. Programming your moves in, basically. Yeah, yeah. basically. Yeah. It's really cool. It's And, I mean, you pointed out that, like, that it was... We've been so close to the game because those guys are our friends and mm-hmm. we yeah, played we the played game early. So, several but times in the past. Yeah. That, that aspect of the game is not really featured anywhere in its promotion. No, I feel like if I hadn't yeah. played this game and, you know, and also I'm not the kind of person who watches like obsessively watches every trailer for a game. So I might have missed things, but I feel like I've seen a bunch of promotion for that game. But it's all been around like the tonal aspects and the like world. The, and the, the one called the launch trailer was not. I mean, I, I think yeah. it probably ha- it had footage of the UI coming up and of the programming stuff coming up, but not in a way that actually explains it to you. Yeah, you, it's just sort of evocative, weird, uh, sort of like an old, imagery. like like a like an old like 
Japanese action game trailer where it's like just like like the Ikaruga trailer where you're just like explosions right. and like <laughs> just ships. You're like that game looks I'll hard. Let's doing play a lot of that. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is which is super interesting because actually the combat in the game is much better than the story itself. I think controversial I, yeah, I opinion about that. No, 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 no. I wanted to ask you. <laughs> yeah. About why you think that. I'm okay. not saying I disagree with you. I've, I mean, I also haven't finished it, so sure, yeah. I can't, you know, but like, why do you feel that way? So I actually really, I got really drawn into sort of the world itself. So it takes place in Cloudbank, which is this like sort of semi-cyberpunk, semi-fantasy city. It almost looks like a cyberpunk city built on top of like a renaissance era, you know, some sort of interesting like purples and golds kind of uh you know i'm I'm failing to to you know basically make a good connection here to something in actual art history but it it feels very lived in and it feels very interesting and mysterious Mm -hmm. and you're playing as red who is this this singer she's actually like a lounge singer like a really popular singer in this city and there's a shadowy organization called the camarada who have taken away her voice and unleashed the process which are sort of like robotic enemies that are sort of trying to erase the city from existence and this is all cool. This is all, like, really great setup. I just don't feel like it really goes anywhere with it, and I won't spoil the ending or anything, but I didn't even understand the ending. That's how much it was just sort of like, okay, I, I appreciate a, a story that doesn't hold my hand. I appreciate a story that tells me things, you know, mm-hmm. through the environmental storytelling. But if I really couldn't tell you what happened at the end, I feel like that's not quite six you know it it didn't quite hit me the right way the way bastion hit me you know bastion's story just feels like very like meat and potatoes like in a good way and like it's like a like ageless sort of like it's very easy when when the game starts with just a calamity happened and you're like oh whoa okay it's a Mm -hmm. world in ruin because of a huge event in the past yeah yeah and you're finding history of that space in a really like it's always the thing that i love about bastion is when you get to the end of a level and you discover something that makes you know more about the way the world was before, whether it's like, like somebody or the people who are like frozen in concrete or salt or whatever. And then there's, you know, people who come to the bastion after you're putting it together. And like, I remember like the bull that you fight that's like ends up being like this, like God that people worshiped back in the day. Like I loved all that oh, stuff yeah, in bastion yeah. a lot. Um, Pith or Pyth or something. Yeah. I, that stuff was like really rich to me. I thought, but, um, I yeah. do find, I mean, we talked about it just out of the gate, you know, in the first, play for, I guess play for about hours. an hour and a half. Yeah, two yeah, hours. We played almost two hours today. Yeah, yeah. I started at 12, you guys were done by two, yeah. Um, I think I sat, I played for like an hour and a chunk of that. Um, you guys ended up just getting really wrapped up in the mechanics, but we can talk about that mm-hmm. in a second. Yeah, for sure. But I do feel like in the first hour, like I knew what the, I knew it was up with, in Bastion and in the first hour in transistor I'm, I'm like it feels purposefully distancing like um not in a bad way but like in a uh what we, we were trying to describe it earlier i don't think we landed on something but like it has that sort of like aloof but evocative tone of it's almost noirish a little bit it's noirish and like but the thing about a lot of noir is that in actual like film noir, like detective novels and films, people are just fucking direct with what they say, even if everything going on in the imagery is really right. evocative and weird. Yeah. People or just... vice versa, right? Or it's or people are always talking around the issue, but it's very concretely set in a place in yeah. a time that you kind of recognize and already get. You know, like oh, this guy is this type of character because well, or I'm, they're talking yeah. around each other, but you as the viewer know what's going. That's on. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, because of the mise en scène and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. 
Whereas yeah. in, in transistor, it's a little more like the, the characters are just well, like by characters. I mainly mean like the sword guy yeah. is like talking to you about things that it's essentially impossible for you as a player to know yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. It feels like he and red have a crazy working vocabulary and history that you're not party to at the beginning of the game at all. And the game does not tell you when you will become party to it. You just sort of have to assume at some point you'll know more. And it's, it's funny because like for me, that stuff at first is really intoxicating because I'm like, oh man, like there's a whole thing going on here and I'm going to like, and I'm going to build uh, like a narrative literacy for it essentially. <laughs> like yeah. I'm going to get to know it, you know, mm-hmm. like it's supposed to be that way. Like right now I've come in in the middle of the scene and mm-hmm. I should just shut up and like trust that the game will tell me, Mm-hmm. what I need to know, but it didn't feel like it did that for a while. After you walked away, we got a little bit more sort of connective stuff. Like the game started folding in on itself. It, like flashbacks and, yeah. it flashed oh, back yeah, to yeah. what happened beforehand. And like her singing career started to get some, some stuff, but it's like, it was, it still feels like it's, it's weird because the, I was going to say it feels like it just kind of, you're looking at all of the story events through a sort of cloudy haze, but it effectively looked, feels like you're experiencing the story in the same weird sort of hazy look that or hazy feel that the art has as well. But it's, it's strange that there isn't a single concrete piece going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I would have appreciated more of a consistent sort of drip feed of details about the world and, or, or not details about the world. That, that part actually worked pretty well for me, but, but details about like what specifically is going on, who are we going after, you know, things like that. Like it, it, it spells it out in a way, but it never spells out the motivation for doing so, mm-hmm. which is a pretty big problem, I think. Sure. Um, but I don't want to sound like I'm really negative on the game because I because the gameplay no, is so good that you're just like, like get amazing. me to the next level I love, so I can I, yeah. do more crazy shit. I, <laughs> exactly. I enjoy it's a, such a deep gameplay. It, oh, it's, it's so amazing. good. I enjoy the playing of this game so much. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the thing that so I was previously familiar, just like having played the game a couple times before, with. The like basics of like the freeze system. time. Yeah, the freeze time, like <laughs> issue orders, you know, use up your kind of time until you have to like recharge it again. Yeah. Um, like queue stuff up. All that stuff is really, really cool. And I and the tactical part of it is something that is basically totally new since Bastion and I love. Um the part that I had not really like had enough time in my previous playthroughs to dig into at all is the combinatorial stuff with yes. your abilities. So like this is such a great system. I love it so much. So you have, you can equip up to four um, abilities, like essentially magic spells, like that you or like moves. Yeah. Four- they call them functions. If you want the nerd in the room, right. To tell they you call what them functions called. and they <laughs> have the like parentheses that function. Yeah. In time, whatever, like strikes so. and dashes and dashes and explosions. Yeah. And, yeah, and uh, range attack, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, but you only have four slots that you can equip abilities to. But you still have additional abilities that you would just accrue as you play the game. How many are there? Sixteen. You know, Sixteen, I yeah. think. Yeah. And yeah. so as you accrue additional ones, instead of equipping them as core abilities, you can also choose instead to equip a given ability as an upgrade to one of the abilities you have equipped. And so any given ability will do a different thing, whether it's used as a as like one of your four main slots or whether it's tacked on to another ability. So there is like an area of effect explosion ability and if you use it on its own like it's an area effect explosion thing but if you use it to augment another ability it does things like give area of effect attack to that existing attack stuff like that or right, like, so like if you have a, add add damage to this dash that you have that no, normally right so your, your dash attack ends in an explosion or right. like there was a cloaking uh, upgrade that we got really early on and mm-hmm. if you put that 
in the dash attack, then the dash becomes a stealth move instead, mm-hmm. where you can just zip out of line of sight of enemies incredibly quickly. Yeah. But you sort of program it in the freeze time strategy layer the same way as you would the, pre- right. the previous dash attack. It just does something different. It's, it's, and all, yeah, and all that stuff, head. yeah, it's really good. And all that stuff is obviously like hand-authored by them because they have to manually, like these are not like RPG style, like plus two abilities. These are actual kind of new behaviors that are individually created for each combination, but it feels like you're doing it in a really kind of organic systemic Mm -hmm. way because you have complete control over which one of these you map to others. It's really, really cool. Uh, I I really like it a lot. Yeah, from a playing it standpoint, it's so simple. It just it, it's simple mm-hmm. to the point that it just feels self evident that this system should have existed before, and maybe it maybe it has. It I mean, there have been systems but like this. This but implementation of it though, it just yeah. like it feels mm-hmm. like this mm-hmm. is just like a weird like a timeless feature for how this stuff should work. And it feels like if you keep exploring with it, you'll find the thing where you're like, oh fuck, like I'm really good at this game now because I discovered this yeah. one really brilliant oh, the combination. Other, the other thing yeah. about it, we didn't get far enough into it, but you. As your guy levels up, I imagine you get the as ability to fix. As your lady levels up, as your video game protagonist character <laughs> levels up, you get uh, the ability to equip two of those per ability, main attack. Yeah. Where we only were mm-hmm. able to to equip one per mm-hmm. per main attack. And there are also passive abilities as well, so you can actually open up more slots that are just passive in the background of all of your powers at all times. So it like there's another layer and another layer and another layer yeah. to it, yeah, which is really amazing. Cool. This is something that I appreciate about. Like this to me is like a through line for now Super Giants 2 games that I really appreciate. Like Bastion took kind of action RPG style gameplay and kind of whittled it down to um, just the elemental parts of it. Like just parts you remember about playing games like that without needing to include like every system that those games typically include. And I feel the same way about Transistor, which is it takes stuff from tactical action RPGs and instead of just making a turn-based game like those typically would be or a real-time game like what Bastion is, it combines them in a very smart way that takes the parts that are fun about real-time and the parts that are fun about turn-based and then the parts that are fun about upgrading and combining things without the like huge amount of systemic cruft that has cropped up over the last couple decades in those systems. And I, I think both of those games do a really, really great job at um, distilling their like core influences and kind of evolutionary ancestry down to the specific parts that are player facing and fun and um, like uh, interesting expressively. Um, I just, I really, and in Bastion, you know, that uh, there was all the stuff where you get to sort of apply modifiers based on those like God <coughs> idols and stuff like that. And like just really clever things like that, that are very simple ways to increase the depth of the game without needing all this like legacy stuff that I feel often gets added into RPG style games. Yeah, without the weight, without the fat and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, like yeah. Th- they're really good at that part of game design. And I think that's, I really admire that. Like reductive game design that is still complex. Because right now, um, especially in indie games, um, reductive style of design is really popular, right? Like a lot of games are very, a very minimalist approach to design and sort of strip things a lot away from kind of more mainstream genres. And I think that's great generally. But um, Supergiant games, at least the two they've released so far, are I think particularly impressive in the way that they do strip away a lot from the genres that they're inspired by, but not just to the point of it being like a one or two mechanic, like super minimalist thing. Like there's still full meaty kind of gameplay experiences where there's a lot of kind of player um, expressivity and like, like perception of complexity, but 
you know, not it doesn't like it's a really great sweet spot that I well, really I think, appreciate. Yeah. I think a lot of indies do basically take the genre they're working in and sort of apply the Vlambeer model, which is sort of how do we take the feeling of this gigantic mm-hmm. monolithic genre and then make it effectively an arcade experience? And right. I, I think Super Giant deliberately yeah. is not doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a which good is, point. It's not, which is not well, bad peop- in the case of a, also of a people doing it. Whatever. at the like level of competence that Vlambeer does is also amazing. I yeah. like Vlambeer is unusual in how to me and how like excellently yeah. they can distill things down to just like one or two mechanics. Yeah, they're just they're emblematic of that school of thought. It seems like to me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you guys uh, have encountered this yet, but there's another layer of the combat that's actually really cool. Mm-hmm. And Probably that's when you die. Oh yeah. Oh, we have. You don't actually die. Yes. Okay, right. We right. didn't talk about it, but yeah, that's. It's. I think it's awesome, personally. Um. So yeah, basically, when your health bar bottoms out, you don't die. You lose one of your abilities, and it seems to be random. Actually, um, I couldn't really because <laughs> mine it was seemed like really? dash every time. Was mine was the time. like dash. You move. lost dash every jaunt, time. The jaunt move. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Always, every time. Oh well, that sucks. Uh, it might I, just, could also just be in the world random. That was well, no, it totally could be random. I I mean. Yeah. We died so few times that it was not. Yeah, we were right. just like, is yeah. it taking away your most used one first? Is it right. away? Did it somehow just that would actually be great. That would one? actually be easy. That I don't know if cool. it did that or not, but yeah. that would be easy to track and a totally effective. If it just kept running metrics on what yes. you were doing and then it just yeah. took your favorite one away uh-huh. one at a time. Yeah, Which that would be great. a really awesome thing. I, yeah. No clue if it does that. It probably right. doesn't actually do that, but that would be an awesome like tweak. On but yeah, you see down at the bottom, it has the your four face buttons mapped to the four moves, and the one that is glowing gold is linked to your health bar, so you know. That when your health bar goes down. when your out. health bar goes down, that one is gone. And then you have to hit X number of checkpoints for it to be earned back into rotation. Mm-hmm. But because of the... God, that's so good. Because oh, of the big... Hey, I really fucking hate it. Later so on good. in the game, you have so <laughs> many of these different moves available. If one of them gets taken away because you die, you lose the ability to use it. But that also encourages you to go in and yep. remap mm-hmm. all of your binds and all of your moves because you probably have an existing function as a support function for one of your primary ones. Then you move it back yeah. up. So it, exactly. it forces you to use stuff that you hadn't been previously it also, using. Right. It also cool. means that if you're dying a lot, um, it it might mean – like one reason that uh, someone could die a lot is – so like the thing people do when they play games is they they often – and this is a big – a constant problem that you have to solve as a game designer if you're making like a game with a lot of systems in it is people will default to the path of least resistance. So they'll figure out something that works or feels like it works like, and just it feels do like that it's a successful forever. spammy right. build even whether if it's or not, killing you. Whether or not it is. Like, but if it's yeah. the thing that you can do most easily or that is most intuitive to you, you'll just do it forever. And this seems like a really good way to combat that by forcing you to use skills you may not have otherwise That's like, used. I remember yeah. when they were talking about Bioshock Infinite using the tonic system instead of plasmids. It seemed like the early conversation publicly about that was these will wear out. It's not like a plasmid. Right. You have it They're forever. Like you'll drink use. it and then you'll yeah, eventually yeah, yeah. not have it because that was an attempted internal way to make you mix mm-hmm. up your build. But obviously they just shipped it as plasmids again. And then obviously I just found the two that I liked and spammed my way through the entire right. game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's super effective. I, it, it's like a, a really cool sort of punishment system that's not punitive, if that makes any yeah, kind of sense. Totally. Like, I, I really, uh-huh. really dug that about it. Well, because it, it feels punitive at first, and then it also has the chance of letting you discover a more fun thing about the game. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what? Are, do you know what happens if you lose all your abilities? You die for real. You just real. straight up die. That only yeah, happens you die, in you die for real. <laughs> you die in real life. Your row comes to your house. Wilson house eats your soul stabs is what you. happens. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Ancient evil death. awakens. Yeah. I only actually died once once in my whole first playthrough and not so far in my second playthrough so yeah it's not too bad unless of course again yeah the the idol system or the um limiter system you know you can 
increase the challenge level in certain ways yeah, to gain yeah. more experience if you want to. Some people I dig love that, stuff like but, that in games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they did that in Bastion too. Yep, yep. I yeah. mentioned it earlier. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Just with respect to so the, obviously we talked about the sort of tactical parts of losing abilities, but also I just like in game, especially games like this that are about like killing enemies and taking damage, and like that's those, that's like a gameplay wise, that's like a very traditional thing for games to be about. But most games that are about that on the gameplay side like have a very just kind of. Um, uncreative approach to lives and continues or like checkpoints like this is very straightforward yeah. like the same way it's been done for decades basically and i really like when games take like try anything really to to mix that up and not just be like you have lives like whatever that even means yeah um and so i mean it sounds like you do eventually just die in this if you, which makes sense but you have to really kind of screw up yeah so it feels like that would be an extreme <laughs> so nice. no, no it feels like that would yeah. be a really extreme circumstance but i like that the game just has a way to integrate that into its core mechanics rather than just relying on kind of old ass assumptions about what a life in a game is. Yeah. So that's cool. Well, even Bastion did that. Even though you died, it because the story was being told uh, from the third person past, it could just like, re- it had this sort of like, that's not what happened. Yeah, the Prince of Persia. Yeah, the Prince, the Prince of Persia thing. And I'm like yeah. totally fine with that. I'm fine like, with it that. It just feels like, anything just it, to it feels like you gave going, anything shit. Yeah. Anything yeah. that acknowledges what's going on yeah. instead of just sweeping it under the rug and being yeah. like, or actually, yeah. Yeah. yeah, except not actually doing the part where the guy goes. <laughs> yeah, you didn't hear that in Bastion actually when Logan's was like. <clears throat> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> boop! It yeah. bops you out to the dashboard. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess that is what happened. I was no, wrong. And then he still talks with the dashboard. He's like, maybe you should just watch some Battlestar Galactica. Or <laughs> God, try it. In your game, you actually reconstructed. The Xbox 360 or you'd never pass oh it, but wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> because like I know the, when you what, did you play Fez on the Xbox? Yes, that was awesome. Yeah, because well, no, I didn't, but I saw it because when you happened. on the PC, yes. that's so much. It's it's way more just like oh, you're being cheeky. But when that when it pretended to reset the Xbox in Fez, that was so mm-hmm. nuts. Yeah. Well, because Xboxes were dying at like a forty percent rate. Yeah. <laughs> you just never think you're like oh, I red ring certification with that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. So good. I mean, it I still liked PC it on the. I still, screen, I still liked so. it on the I bet, PC. I bet, like Hideo Kojima could convince Microsoft to let him do that. He'd probably <laughs> not be dealing with Microsoft very much. Would he? Does Is Kojima this, still come out on Xbox? No, at this point? Not, not really. No. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, the, the next, latest one did. The, yeah, the I don't know what's on the Xbox. Fi- well, I mean, like if the thing. That's that why I stopped game playing Kojima games. Kojima sold out when he abandoned his Sony exclusivity. I don't know if a Polygon 7.5 PlayStation exclusives didn't do with it. Sorry, that was a Polygon joke. I'm sorry. Oh, do you guys? Are you guys? Are you guys biased? Um, that's that's a <laughs> Polygon is the going theory. I know. The going oh. theory, but actually, did did are you guys familiar with what happened in that last game? And there was some really no. well, sort of. Horrific, I saw that there was like shit. big controversies. Yeah. Over Wait, can you say the last game? Which game you're talking about? It's Metal Gear Solid Five: Sons of the. Wait, no. it's not Ground Zeroes? It's Ground Zeroes. Sorry. Oh, okay. Is that the short? It's the little mini. Is it the shorty? It's the two-hour game. The shorty. It was yep. the two-hour one that costs a lot of money. I was so confused has... by that because yeah. I saw, yeah. like, I started getting Twitter ads for a thing that was like Metal Gear Solid 5. And I'm like, what the fuck? Metal Gear Solid 5 comes out in like two weeks? I haven't seen a single person talk yeah. about this thing. Um, this was like before it was the it prologue came out. game. Yeah, and this yeah, came, I, this is maybe February or so or yeah. March. I yeah, mean, this was pretty right. recent. It was a couple months ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it was fairly recent. But there's a lot of really horrific stuff in that game that I expected to see more 
blow up about. I think a lot of people just didn't play it. Yeah, I think that's what happened too. I think that's exactly what it was. This this game would have caused a real brouhaha had people played it. Oh my god. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just, I saw almost no one talk about it. There was a little bit of stuff. It hit my radar and I went, oh, I should play that. I don't have a PlayStation. But it wasn't that thing of just like that feeling of like, this is what everyone's playing now. You know, I just didn't have that. The zeitgeist didn't happen, basically. Yeah, it was it was weird. I don't know. There was like a lot of like extreme rape and extreme like forcing of yeah. There was like a scene. It was off camera, but it was in a you know a a log or a written thing or something. But it was about like (laughs) when you said in a log, I thought it was like (laughs) inside of a like like it was saying that Winnie the Pooh would be inside. It was was off camera in like a log ride. (laughs) It was like in a flume. flume. (laughs) Somebody gets raped in a flume. High speed speed flume ride. Basically on Splash Mountain with Winnie (laughs) the Pooh. Uh, This is like a really horrific like a thirteen year old boy. Yeah. Wait, thirteen year old boy. Like a thirteen. Year old boy is forced to rape a woman at gunpoint, and then and then she is is a bomb is lodged in her anatomy, and Solid Snake has to be the hero and like rip it out of her. It's just like really, really. Does he rip the bomb out of her? Yes, without anesthetic because he doesn't have time for anesthetic. It's like really weird. I don't know. Sorry to derail the podcast, but that is quite strange. I thought that was messed up, and it was weird that nobody really talked about it, considering that these things are usually talked about now. In our the only yeah, in our social justice warrior landscape, you know, we talk about. Just mean that nobody played that game, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Some people wrote stuff about that. I'm glad I didn't play it. (laughs) To be honest, and come in here and be like. Guys, 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 guys. <laughs> I just feel like I, I don't know. The podcast would have gone sideways, I think, on us. Like I just did? Yeah. yeah. In a log. Sorry. that is In a, in a log. Yeah. Splash Mountain. Zippity doo yeah. Anyway, Transistor was really good. Transistor you should play is very it. good. Yeah, I want to play more of it. Yeah. For, I mean, I'm going to, obviously. Yeah. I kind of want to ask the folks at Supergiant, like, what What was the ending about? Like, I actually feel, like, really stupid and really as if I'm, like, a like simpleton, right but I kind of want to be like, yeah, call him <laughs> Greg, up. open up. Greg, you should do, a, like, a spoiler happened? article about it. I really yeah. wish people did more. Yeah, no, I really wish people did that It would stuff. actually be, yeah. it would be yeah. actually cool now that the game is out to just go. No and, one ever does post-launch interviews. Right, go talk to, go talk to the <laughs> guys at Supergiant. Sorry, he's, he's, and I heard it misheard. Because the I thing left. about that is, I know that they would be so excited to actually just go. Ugh. Yeah, that's like, the thing. Like, I, we haven't been able to tell anyone anything about this forever, and yeah. now people have played it and beat it. So maybe like, not to like you know what explain though? it like in a literal sense because no, I, but just but, like give yeah, them the opportunity to sort of publicly yeah. unpack yeah. all yeah, the yeah. stuff that was or just going like, on. Why did this? Yeah. And how about mm-hmm. this? I know. You know we got so lucky on Walking Dead with Klepik on those like every time an episode of Walking Dead came out, Patrick Klepik did an interview with all the leads on the episode and just talked. I remember about reading every choice and he'd be like, what about really this cool. moment? And like, oh, what about this? Chris, yeah, you actually really did a good. really good interview with Ken Levine after Bioshock 1 came out on Shack News. Yeah. It was about It was that. recorded before Bioshock came out, but but we didn't release the article until like a month or two yeah. later. But it sure. was like, yeah, full spoiler, like big interview. That's like my favorite interview I ever published. It was really nice to be able to actually, because you no one ever talks about their game until like... If they hype their game, just, but yeah, they, they don't have... Their yeah, they don't come out and then unpack it and be like, oh, I wish I would have done that differently. Asking about every creative choice that was made because they played the whole thing. Yeah, that just never happens. Oh, tone control on the Idle Thumbs Network. Idle slash tone control. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Rare but this is timely. Examples. It just came out yesterday. I feel like yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Like a thing that I guarantee a thing about you they would a, say yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's Maybe to cool. Chris. I don't know if they'd say yes to you. Too. Yeah, what about me? <laughs> I don't know about me. <laughs> I don't know. Aren't you guys, aren't you making your own game? Over the, I just, I just want to know about your process. <laughs> <laughs> Steve makes his own game. He fucking did all I know. Just the idea of you doing that right today. Like, is this for <laughs> publication? <laughs> I don't know. Make on the Campbell blog. Who's to say? <laughs> <laughs> I'll live tweet this conversation. <laughs> Vine it. The, oh my individual god! Individual vines. The individual vines. Right, exactly. The Seven most What does this mean? A camera held to the screen, then quickly <laughs> whip pan to break us How far away uh, are we from just like thirty vines in a row of something that should not be vine because it's historically important, like an inauguration, <laughs> like official <laughs> vines, like that's yeah. the kind of thing where like just, <laughs> like a politician would be like, "What's the cool thing that the kids like?" Oh, we gotta now? do vines. We, we gotta find. We gotta find the debate. <laughs> If that hasn't already happened, it will in the next presidential election. I know. Pure, guaranteed. Period. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Through an official future. capacity, I mean, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'll be yeah, like... Follow our debate vines. Fucking Candy Cra- at Candy Crowley will just right. have a fucking <laughs> yeah. 40 vines in a row. Yep. It'll look like a bad music video. <laughs> Auditing the news style. You want to take a break? I uh, Yeah. Oh, no. Go ahead. Whoa, I, Jake, only, I was Jake a selfish gonna... break because I have to pee. Oh, go, it's okay. We can wait, talk here, wait. Jake, talk for a long time. I'm great to. No, no, no I don't have. I don't. Have, okay. It's fine. It's fine. This is my couch. No, okay. Let's. <laughs> I'll do this. We haven't played enough of this to talk about it in length, unless you have. But have you played Super Time Force yet? I have, but oh, only man. also only a few. We also of played it. a few hours of that game. We like we Ollie and I played for a bunch. Like, okay, we, we, we could maybe we should take a break and then talk about Super it's Time really Force cool. for a second. Yeah, because I like that it is that these two games came out within like a week of each other. And they are games that are about weird time manipulation in a single That's player true. experience. Like I don't know. There's there's interesting one other through lines. One other game to ask about, and I'm guessing none of us have played enough of this to talk about it. Have you played Wolfenstein yet? The new one. I've not played it, although I've I know I know much about. It. I've seen hours uh-huh. and hours and hours of footage of it. So. Oh okay. Yeah. You have opinions. On that machine I have opinions. Right there. Okay, we'll talk about it when we get back yeah. then. Okay. I have uninformed opinions about it, but yes. That's fine. <laughs> Welcome to Idle Thumbs. Yeah. <laughs> this is for you. This is yours. Yay. Back in a bit. Yeah. Wolfenstein! Oh! Oh, 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 man. The fucking. I'm just going to go like this. Come on, little one. Hello. We bought these so that they can be moved. <laughs> Adjusted for your you pleasure. Have you, you haven't used these yet, have you? No, I have once. Oh, you she did once. once. Okay. Yeah. I don't think you were here. Super exciting. No, Jake wasn't here. One of you wasn't here. I think I it was. was not it was you and Jake. Oh, I was here. We talked about South Park. Yeah, it was South oh, Park. Oh, that was the one where that you, was that one of the great apps. Okay. That was one of the great apps. It was excellent. No offense, I Jake. forgot that that had had these. It's just that you weren't here. It was fine. You listened to it. It's just that you. It was just good because. Well, you don't need to get into it. is about what you leave out. <laughs> the Rodkin, for instance. Hello, I'm Chris Remo. Look at me. I'm on a podcast. You out of here? What? Are you actually doing an impression? This is how Chris talks. Video games. He has red um, shoes, though, so it's. The Edge guy. The guy who, like, tries to. Oh, uh, Tim Langdell? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch out. We're being sued by Watch him. Watch out for him. Our game is called Edges of Edge. Edge your edge. It's called Tim Edges Langdell's on the Edge. edge. <laughs> it's called Mirrors a Game from Edge. 
That was what he announced. I know, I know. Get ready for Mirrors, the game from Edge, currently suing Mirrors Edge. (laughs) The person who who like led the awareness campaign to bring that guy down was Derek Yu. Derek Yu is a bro, yeah. Derek Yu is a soldier. He's Mm -hmm. a He's yeah, a like he like he ran a huge anti Tim Langdell like campaign TIG. through through Tig Source. Yeah, I was gonna say the Tig people. Well, yeah, super against that. It's cool. Yeah, good work. He also was number one person against uh, Jack Thompson. Was he? I didn't remember oh, that. God, he made know. a game called I'm Okay, and it was a game that was oh right. Yeah, like a weird pixel art game that was all about mm-hmm. Jack Thompson's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Derek, he was a crusader a for quality. Not idiots. Hero of the people. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. I forgot that. Yeah. We all forgot it. The world has forgotten Derek Yu. He's like a <laughs> Derek Yu has prologue. not forgotten the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're getting the Derek Yu we deserve. <laughs> the Derek Yu we deserve is one who does not make crazy social justice campaigns, but instead gives Chris or steals 270 hours of Chris Ramos' life. <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. Have, you, have you estimated how much? I mean, Steam will tell you. It's Why hard. estimate? Well, I guess my sense. Steam count is inflated, but barely. I mean, inflated. Obviously, That's what everybody says. Yeah, but it's. I mean, it's because my it's Dota me. account's inflated. It I guarantee is. that I've not played eighteen hours of The Wolf Among Us. I just left it on one. <laughs> but you know what, though? That's true. But you're different. You're your own one. <laughs> no, I've done that. All the, the fact time. that I have eleven hundred <laughs> Dota hours. So let's just say there's a five percent margin where I left the computer on. <laughs> I'm still paying for the computer to run. Like, I'm still, like, it's all part, it's taking from me in some way. I'm not saying it isn't. I'm it's just, eating your soul. Also, that's so, like, even if every single second Steam says I've played Splunky, it, I had your Dota time would still utterly destroy. I'm not proud. Time. Also, I haven't played Splunky in like two or three weeks. I've been playing way less Dota. Hmm. Way less. Wait, what were you guys, you guys were talking about the international earlier. Oh, man. Oh, we're back now, also. So whatever. Of course, we're talking about <laughs> Dota. It's an implicit back. And Spelunky, yeah. Um, and yeah, this was... <laughs> is going to be a Dota conversation. Mm, not really. Oh, okay. It's not really a Dota conversation because I don't want to talk about the game Dota. Um, I want to seg it into like three things, though. I actually didn't bring up Dota during the transistor because it occurred to me like so many of the, like, the little powers that are in yeah. the game. Oh. Like Amir and Greg are huge Dota players. Oh, huge Dota players. Yeah. So this sort of that's an interesting. That's definitely actually an interesting insight, I would say. Well, I thought so. Well, I mean, yeah. Could have shared it if I didn't feel so persecuted against you playing Dota so much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go on. <laughs> I was, I was, I forget why I was on the, I think someone on Twitter linked it to it. You had mentioned, Sean, to me before the compendium stuff they're doing for the Dota 2 International uh, Tournament, but... Um, and just so for readers at home, you, for $10, you get a... um basically like a digital program for the tournament and inside of it you can there's a lot of like um like predictions and challenges and things you can make that allow you to sort of like follow along with not just the tournament that is going to be held in july but like the lead up to it and all the sort of qualifying matches and things like that so it's a way to like uh like you can like there's like a bracket where you can pick who's going to win but then you can all it also like tracks who does win and there's like sort of unlockables with inside of it and it's called the compendium they put it out they started putting it out last year and it's 10 bucks and then every two fifty, every two dollars and fifty cents goes the sales, towards the prize pool. Goes to the prize pool, and I was on the website and I was looking at it, and it's like Kickstarter rewards, right? It's like stretch goals. You know, as we earn more money from the compendium, you unlock crazy things. Like 
I don't know, like load screen treasures and all this. But there's also like there's going to be a special event at the international, like the first night. It's like an all star match where like mm-hmm. people they're like they're now just going to hold that event because they hit a stretch goal. And then right, people right. who have compendiums vote on which players they want to see in it. Oh, cool. I didn't know that. Um, yeah. And and so I was looking at it and I was thinking of it in the context of how we generally understand stretch goals to work, also which is game that modes. the total amount of money donated is what unlocks the thing. And so I was looking at it and they're like, oh, okay, they're at like $6.2 million in their stretch goal thing. And then I realized, holy shit, only 25% of each of each compendium purchase actually even affects this graph, this chart. So they've actually, there are like $25 million worth of compendiums that they've sold so far. Many. And this is like a, just like a digital book thing that you get or whatever it is. I think it adds a lot of value to like, I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying it's, yeah. it's just crazy. It's, it's effectively how you pay as a spectator at home. Yeah. It's your, like, I like, right. Cause you could watch the international for free from home. Correct. Mm-hmm. Or, you can watch it in client for, uh, for free. You can watch it on Twitch for free. Yeah. Right. So this is sort of, this is their attempt at effectively selling a digital ticket to the international. Yeah, yeah, and they do stuff like, like it tracks your games watched, and if you're watching a game and a crazy thing happens, there's like you have a like a random role to like get an in-game item or get some sort of bonus. It unlocks new game modes. I assume that, that was means, the stretch goal. I assume that means Dire Tide because yeah, Volvo, where's Dire Tide? <laughs> where the fuck is where the fuck is Dire Tide? I mean, Volvo? give give it, give it. To Am us, I right? Volvo. Give, give Dire Tide. Um. No, there's a cool like one-on-one mode that's going to be unlocked, which is really neat. Like hmm. mid only one-on-one. That's Does everyone cool. get that, or just compendium people? That's going to be. I think that's for everybody. But some w- of the things are just for compendium people. Yeah, most of the things were like couriers and aesthetic upgrades yeah. and things like that are only for compendium. So you bought a compendium? Yeah, yeah. But I also feel really good buying it because I play the game for free. Like I, it is a free-to-play game for me. Uh, you know, I really don't spend much money. Like sometimes like I have friends who love all these. Like how many dollars do you think you've put into Dota Two? In two years, yeah. In a in thousand, what, how many I'm hours? Like do you Forty have bucks, maybe I'd say forty good. to fifty yeah. bucks, maybe. But like I like it's really so. The early on, they would have these like you could buy these like treasure bombs, basically, to where you you used it before you went into a match. Like in the middle of the match, it just gave everybody an item, and people went. They don't sell those shit. anymore. They still have them, but I just remember seeing them being promoted. Well, when that stuff is new, it's always so. Cool. I was like, always I like, like I, you know, and like in like Nick, a friend of ours from Telltale is really into the aesthetic stuff. So like I'll like buy stuff for him or buy keys and then open up stuff and then I'll give him what's inside. You buy keys. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. They, you know, I mean, but no, when I, I've spent like 20 bucks on two compendiums cause they started it last year and it's awesome. Like it's actually really cool. It makes you like, I don't know if you're into that, if you like the characters, if you like and by the characters, I mean the, the, the competitors, they're like, uh, you know, uh, and you follow the pro scene, then it's a really neat little addition. And it feels like they're just kind of always trying to figure out a cool thing they can do with it. But it was nuts to like be at the international and there'd be like a triple kill. And then those like 40 names would hit the left side of the screen. And there were compendium owners who were either at home or in the, no, no, no. Those are people who are in the audience. Cause when you get your badge, you tie your steam key to your badge at the international. So then you see like three people just be like, Woo! <laughs> you know, uh, weird. That stuff's all pretty neat. Yeah. But I'm not playing much less Dota lately. Do you remember how much 
scorn was heaped upon me when we were at that dinner with the guys who developed free-to-play games because I buy keys in TF2. <laughs> I was nearly <laughs> shamed out of that dinner. Oh my god, yeah. Well, because the problem well, was, we're not, to we're not going to name names say here. That. No. We're not going to name names I'm here. not asking you to name names. But I'm like, just saying we that were, sentence was baffling. We were at, uh, we were at dinner with guys who work at free to, in free-to-play. Was this the summit thing? No, 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 no. This was like one of the many, many dinners Jake and I had when we were like trying to start the company and like trying to do contract work. Um, And it was with one of the groups that had an utter disdain for their customers. Oh, God. So like the concept of like some chill, like, oh, that fucking, these chumps will totally fucking buy an energy coin if we do this to it. Like mask has come off. Because we were, yeah, we'd had a lot to drink. There's a lot of like the booze had been flowing. Yeah, but then I was like, I love those keys. And you have to like, you buy keys. You you buy those keys. Oh, no. (laughs) And just like, obviously this guy has just crunched everything about it and just like, just set ablaze any... Like right. all habits that I ever like, I'm, I really like the surprise of buying tea and opening a crate. It's like, just you're like, a sheep. You're a sheep. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> like in the middle of a like yeah, oh a dinner that we're so, uh, uh, yeah, well, supposed to work. In that moment, fair. you in his brain shifted from potential peer to just my meal ticket. Like, right. Just, yeah. Like, yeah. Just, oh, possible just, whale. Just, yeah. <laughs> just, just the shitty worthless fucking drone. But that probably just I don't deposits money. I don't even think that account. I was. I think that the issue is that I was not even filed under whale. It's like a whale would never like. I don't think that like a whale would never buy a key. Like a key, like just that's not even like a big ticket purchase. That's just what a fucking idiot wastes money. That's, on, what, a, that's what a baby like, just, chump. Like, you're just gonna chump. nickel and dime yourself into worthless stuff for me. You're not even making me. It was just like I don't know the like. It was. A, it was. <laughs> you're no use to him. You're useless. Yeah. Yeah. It was an otherwise incredibly enjoyable dinner. Yeah. Actually, this part was also enjoyable because it was fascinating and just <laughs> hilarious. Right. But just like it's like if you had told him you listened to Creed or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just, oh, you buy the keys? Like what? <laughs> They're there to be bought. I love them. <laughs> Arms wide open. Your, your keys. Yeah. Uh, anyway, oh, sorry. Nice. When you're like, I buy people keys in Dota two, and my no. brand is. You buy them. You buy the keys. I don't know. I don't know anything about the economics of that stuff. Sometimes you get a wacky hat. Sometimes you get a hat you already own. Usually it's one you already own. Sell it on the Steam Marketplace for bucks. I stopped playing TF before I could sell that stuff for dollars. You still can. If I still you have don't that need stuff, to play TF2 for that to happen. Yeah, you can for, get IM'd in the middle of the yeah, night. I probably like everyone don't else even does. need to load Steam. Someone's probably just uh, somehow scooped my password and emptied out my <laughs> TF2 backpack in the intervening years. But uh, I hope not. <laughs> not that sparkly Lugermorph still. I'm sure you still have it. Don't worry. There's a wiki that has your name on it. I, I saw know. it like three days ago. I know. We really? Yeah. If you have, if like, you have a, if any, like every person in the world who has a self-made item in TF. Is on a, it was a self-made item. It's a it's, it's a special variant of the item that's awarded to the person who created the item. And in the case of the um, poker night, or no, the Sam Max, Max season, season three, three pre-order items, everyone who was a Telltale employee at that time mm. got them because Robin Walker thought it'd be a really nice thing to do. But what that actually means is anyone who worked at Telltale. And not many people unpacked them though. Huh? There's not that many people on that list. Not a lot of people. Unpacked no, there them. also weren't that many people at Telltale at the time yeah. who played TF. But it just means that like for. A little over a dozen people. They just have weird people from Eastern Europe message them whenever they sign up to Steam, trying to trying to bilk items out of them. So those <laughs> items are actually transferable. 
Some no, of them are. those aren't. Some of them are. There was a bug where a couple of them are. Yeah, you have to like package them up or something. Crazy. Yeah, yeah you can like box them as gifts or something. Like but there's that. a TF2 item wiki that has anybody who has a self-made item, their like Steam handle and like how they got them and like what they have in their backpack. And like you're on it, I'm on it, and like some of the other Telltale guys are on it. Sucks. <laughs> yeah, who assembles these things? I'm always fascinated. Psychopaths. <laughs> People who want to send you very interesting Steam messages. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, that community is nuts. It's they're yeah. like dedicated. There's some po- there's some some previous Adelthems reader mail that we should point you to. That, that is uh, the oh, stuff excellent. from Invictus. Yeah. That stuff's yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. The like yeah, there, the there was saga. The Hathbarren saga. There was a few parts one and three. Yeah, three. yeah. We, had, we had a few emails about just the ridiculous like economic underworld that goes on surrounding mm-hmm. Steam oh, trading stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. It's really fascinating. Yeah. Okay, I will I will do my homework then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, the lingo of that world, I don't I cannot be underestimated it's so good where it's like well that lugamorph's worth about 30 buds <laughs> which is the earbuds that were given out when it went when you logged in on a mac Whoa. yeah with tf2 because they're a finite resource That's inside the of best tf2 part of that oh. but the ipod earbuds that you can wear yeah are worth 30 dollars earbuds are the gold standard are 32 i think they're basically. worth like i think like, i think buds are worth 32 dollars yeah but it's just those a finite number was cre- were, uh, were created Mm-hmm. And they will never be made again, so they have a fixed point to judge, judge everything by. Although you can destroy items, can't you? Money can be Yeah, destroyed. so no. yeah, I was getting built. will never get it back. I was getting a. I was getting the hard sell from a TF2 item trader, and then halfway through it, I was like, you know what, man? You just gave me a great idea. I'm going to destroy all of my TF2 items on a Twitch stream tonight. Oh what? And he went crazy. Did he I sent you guys the transcript. I didn't read it because want, I wanted you to talk about it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I should talk about it. Yeah. And we ended up having like a 20 minute conversation about me like not wanting. I think I still might do it because it's thousands of dollars worth of items. <laughs> it's thousands of dollars. It'd just be, be burning in a garbage can. Yeah. You setting fire to a sparkly Max hat would infuriate everyone in the world. It would be a big deal. I think I we should think do it. trade those or do anything. Maybe we should them. do it for charity. What does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> People who <laughs> destroy money to raise money. It's yeah. very poetic. You can't make money without destroying money. You could get people to Charity. donate money, and if you get beyond a certain amount, you'll destroy it. And the reason you could get people to do that is because so many people on the internet just love doing things that will infuriate other people on the internet. That's right. True. But that, like yeah. this troll by this, proxy. This probably has two sides, though, because there's probably also people in the TF2 and like Steam economy who are like, Yes, drive up the price of this. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Make my earbuds worth $30.25. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that would be a fun. I don't, I don't want to give up my cool Max hat, though. Oh, right, I don't give a shit about that well, stuff. Not When's the last you. time you played TF? I played TF. Doesn't I, matter yeah. as long as I know that my sparkly Max hat is there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that was the truest thing you've ever said. <laughs> 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 Oh. I install it on every new PC. I wish build. I had my phone. I could read you some choice quotes from this from this guy's. Uh, he was talking about his dance for you. No, he said he'd play what? me a song. He played a song. Yeah, I got the message that was said. What do you want for it? What do you want? I will suck your dick Whoa. seriously, and then dot dot dot. I will play you a song. <laughs> the fact that a half step from oral sex like, was I'll play you a song simultaneously. I would like to see both of those things at once, yeah. perhaps. But yeah, he's a very talented young man, I guess. Yeah. But uh, I gave him a fake name, which was, was like, what's your, 
Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I said, look, look, whoa, 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 whoa. I cool it down, man. Like let's let's be let's be honest. Let's, <laughs> let's I, I, sorry, I have the transcript here and okay. I I don't want to read the whole thing, but the beginning of it is so funny to me because he says, Hey man, uh Colin D smiley face, dude, those self mates are so fucking cool. Congratulations on getting them in the game. And then you just respond with I made them. <laughs> <laughs> It's this easy. I have a whole persona for when these guys I am me. I, I have a different name. I don't use my name. I don't use my name. We should yeah. publish this on the blog. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's some good stuff. Any other good choice quotes on there? His name was Amir. Yeah, God, can I destroy them? Is that a thing I can do in the game? Don't destroy them. <laughs> All I caps. can. Dude, maybe you can, but you shouldn't. Because if they were gift wrappable or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh. And and become tradable, and you're like, let's do this. Max at first, dude, I'll cry, I'll cry. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and he, yeah, it's he's in the internet place where you can tell that he's like actually on edge, but he's like, he's got to be like, ha ha, I'll cry, ha, I'll cry. No, seriously, I better not though. But really, do not, do not do this. Anyway, yeah, good good job on making this guy. It, yeah. I actually owe him an e and I am because I said that I'd get back to him. I said that maybe I'd let him play me a song and I would trade him something. <laughs> I'd trade him a Luger more for something. If he played a good song, well, I don't know. Yeah, gotta think of a good song though. Get him to play. Get him to play you a really good song and then just give him like the um, the soldier's boots that make it so you don't take rocket damage in <laughs> a gift. This is what you want, right? <laughs> oh, I couldn't do that. No, it... The item that every single player in that class got. Yeah. <laughs> cool. You should, yeah, no, that would be sad. You can yeah. name them something nice. You could pay to name them. I could. Name it self-made Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Anyway, what? What are we doing? Yeah. What's well, funny? Oh, so the last I, I gave him a fake name because I'm like, whatever. I don't want to like. I don't want him to have my name. Oh, he could look at my Steam profile. He sh- must have by now. Really? But I just gave him a, a fake name. I was like, "What's your name?" He's like, "Amir." And I was like, "Amir, I have a friend named Amir. Amir, you gotta fucking like chill out, man. Like this is this dangerous road you're going down." Yeah. He's like, "What's your name?" And then it's a long pause. <laughs> Claudel. <laughs> so now I just get these IMs like all all hours. They're like, Claudel, hey man, you there, Claudel? <laughs> It kills me. And I laugh every time. It's like the only thing that makes it worth it is a gift that keeps on giving is being called Claudel. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Oof. That's beautiful. What else? Is there a lot to talk about about Super Time Force, the game where you send your force through time? It's one of the... I don't know. It's a game that I really... It's I, one of the, I own. It's a game that I own and want to play and haven't played yet. So yeah. It's like I, I played a few hours of it. Should I? Should I fucking good. Yeah. Yeah, is it the great. best game ever played? Mm-hmm. This is another actual, actually, example of taking a like to the the how when you watch people someone play this game, and to some degree, the actual experience of playing the game is like Contra or Metal Slug or something, right? Where it's just like bullets everywhere, like kind of just super stripped down, like action movie tropes and like pixel art and stuff like that. Um, but they're achieving it through like a totally crazy means, which is when you die, you rewind the game, like whatever, like arbitrary amount you choose. It's got an amazing interface for like rewinding back through like everything you just played. And then you spawn a new character. That's like one of the playable character, like any of the playable characters you have access right, so you to. You can spawn the same guy over and over again if you want. Yes. Or you can spawn in a different one. 
And then the game picks up again from the point you rewound to. And the character that you died with, like, goes through the whole thing they went to. And then simultaneously to that, you're now controlling an additional character on mm-hmm. top of it. So as you keep dying, and you don't have to die. You can also just do this when you want. Like, you have, a, you have like, a limited number of timeouts to do this kind of thing with. And so you can just keep, like, timing out the game or dying and, like, bringing in new characters in until you have, like, an army of ghost characters but they're, all. They're ghosts, but they're doing, like, the damage doing all the and the destruction they that they had. The implication is yeah. that you're rolling backwards through time and then sending inserting a new character like an into alternate that point timeline, in timeline of right, that character right. in uh-huh. so that you're it's not a ghost you're just actually but if you were an enemy you would just see a bunch of actual guys yeah, yeah. and then when yeah. you and and like to that point like when you finish a level it plays through the entire level in a linear fashion where oh like super meat boy kind of like super meat boy right um where all your additional um uh, kind of characters are inserted at the point you inserted them in. So it's like one unbroken playthrough of just, just new characters jumping in through in time. Yeah. All the time. Oh, and it's just, so, it's really fucking cool. awesome. It's so good. It's so much fun. It's such a, oh, it's, oh. it's always <laughs> just seem like programming, like just quagmires to me. Yeah. And when it always you, just seems yeah, like a nest of pain. Yeah. I know. Right. Well, and when you, when you play it, the rewind stuff works so well because mm-hmm. it, like, it's such a great interface. You can just scrub back and forth through just, you know, the last, however many seconds of your playthrough and it's so seamless and like you can so go all the way fast. back to the beginning of the level, can't you? Mm-hmm, yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying, however many seconds yeah. that is, and like it's it's just so satisfying. It feels so perfect, you know. Like it mm-hmm. doesn't, it's not hitchy. Or one of the weird things about indie games versus AAA games is that because they always have to be on the bleeding edge, like technologically and graphically, AAA games still are full of like load times and like mm-hmm. shit just being not quite lined up around the edges, and like even the best ones. Except maybe like the very, like, you know, the Last of Us level, like very constrained linear games are less like this. But like the vast majority of major AAA games still feel so rough with all that stuff. But if you're making a game like Super Time Force, even if the shit going on in your game is totally unorthodox and really fucking weird, like this arbitrarily spawning in new characters anywhere you want and like scrubbing through the stuff you did because they can just decide to be graphically like uh, in the sort of traditional ways less ambitious and and you know like like graphics tech wise graphics tech wise yeah. yeah like rendering wise i mean like because they just choose to limit that stuff they can make all of the intangible parts of just seamlessness and like everything syncing really well and just all of the like all those parts of fit and finish can be so much higher than they are in like complex real-time 3d games where everything is pushed to the graphical limit it's like a weird thing that i don't think people talk about very often because those games may be lower fidelity, like just on the rendering side, but they're way higher fidelity on just like playability and everything just gluing together perfectly. You know, like that's it's I don't think that gets enough credit in small scale games because it's it is so nice. Like it is such like we've started playing Wolfenstein today and like, yeah. you know, I mean, I'll play more of it because um, some of the stuff that they've shown marketing wise is like very tantalizing. And I want to see what, how that's like that's actually the reflected company in the That's the that made the Riddick games, right? No, it's by machine games, which was a spinoff of like, oh, Star yeah, a, lot of those folks at, it's a, a bunch of people who worked at Starbreeze. Spin-off. Okay. Yes. Um, they made, uh, God, what do machine games make? I can't remember what they actually made. Um, if, or if they actually shipped Google. anything. Yeah. yeah. You should, that would be great. But, um, <laughs> but like that, that type of fit and finish, I feel like doesn't get talked about that often. I remember one of the games I've talked about the, before Jake, you mentioned as well, Super Meat Boy. Like when you die in that game and you just start instantly again, 
is so great. And then the end when you see your playthrough of like 400 Meat Boys. Right, just, it's been recording demos of the entire thing yeah. without there being any you don't perceptible have to wait for hit. It to, it's yeah, just, like, it's, it's just, just like, there. It's yep. just there. Every, just that kind of attention to detail is so underrated and so powerful. Like playing a game and not have to think about any of that shit is great. The reason I bring up Wolfenstein is that, you know, like this isn't Wolfenstein's fault. This is just what happens when you make a game that is like this. But like to play it, it just has like, it just it's never gonna feel that one hundred percent tight, right? Because they're this they're all these scripted sequences and like big complex animations and like shaders going on everywhere and like loading screens and just all just like stuff, you know, it's like stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff. And it's so hard to just make that stuff feel just rock solid, one hundred percent perfectly aligned with each other. And a lot of times things in those kinds of games are really aesthetically just inconsistent as well. There's so yeah, many things that like, infinite pull stuff you out to, of the game. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. Manage, yeah. And and that's sort of something I love about I I've only played a few minutes of Super Time Force, but you know, just speaking to what you're talking about, you know, smaller games that can be a little bit less ambitious in terms of rendering quality or whatever. Mm-hmm. Graphical quality as as opposed to aesthetic quality. It's totally oh, yeah, it's so good, good satisfying to when things are aesthetically coherent and consistent mm-hmm. and you just feel like drawn into a world and so on and so forth. Absolutely. Which this game does really well, I think. Anyway. But I did want to ask you guys about the humor <laughs> in the game and if in you Super find Time it. Force? Yeah. And oh, if yeah. you find That's it like not as much my Yeah. Uh, it's, like, um the poop jokes basically. Uh, it feels very much <laughs> a child of like the kind of current crop of like adult swim and sure. like adventure time yeah, kind sure. of thing that's like very in vogue right now, which is totally fine. Like I have a lot of friends who are like fully into that stuff. Which is totally fine, but it's it's never quite connected with me. Yeah, no, it's like a dolphin named like tuna in this game. <laughs> Isn't that right? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like that. Some, something like, like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's all I had to add. <laughs> Go back. I just came from such a like, <laughs> just, meek place. <laughs> That was really good. Isn't there? Isn't its name like a Dolph Lundgren joke or something? I can't remember. I, it I is Dolphin Lundgren. Yeah. I thought it was oh. like Mar- Martuna Navatilova or something. That's not my This joke. is the kind of humor that, you know, there are times where that connects with me. Uh, it know, more can, of, I guess the, I've always been, it's always been hard for me to like. It is Dolphin Lundgren, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. I need to check this. That's the kind of humor that I'm like perfectly happy to like to have happen in real time but loses something for me when it's like pre-written and delivered by like voice actors or text on a screen or something it's hard to explain i don't really know why like it doesn't make any sense like i'm like perfectly happy to engage in like goofy pun and referential humor like with other humans just like off the cuff because it happens but like nothing in my experience of being your friend has proven that to be true fuck off you do the (laughs) exact same thing i don't want to hear you like (laughs) talk down to me about this shit because you You don't like it when i make puns you are just as bad you don't like it you shame me (laughs) it really is dolphin laundry shame me right now Um, i'm sorry i'll never shame you again (laughs) let's shake shake on the no shame a shame shake shame shake all right, we've shaken on it. Um, but yeah, for some reason, that style of humor just loses something for me when it's like codified and turned into like a style guide, and then well, because you know that the developers had to like somebody wrote that joke, and then somebody had to look at it five hundred times, and somebody had to. You know, there's something about that kind of humor that, like, you know, irreverent, wacky humor that it's not wacky anymore after the kind of process this is gonna make me take a joke out of firewatch it sucks this entire conversation (laughs) oh i already know what it is of course you do (laughs) man i don't that's okay though 
This yeah, couch you, doesn't yeah, know. You, do. you want to beep something? <laughs> nope. Okay. Um. Anyway, but well, whatever. The game, like the game, the actual important thing about Super Time Force is the fucking game part, and it's a goddamn blast. I love it. It's so much fun. Yeah. Well, it seems like there's two games this week, or whatever, in the last week, ten days that have been like the gameplay is amazing, even if the the story content isn't you know necessarily one hundred percent. Sure. Just to go back to that, though, with Transistor, I uh, love that it's, like, trying to yeah. be abstract. Oh, yeah. Well, like, I mean, it just takes too. itself that, that fucking, part is like, yeah. it's really, like, takes itself seriously, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Right, and, like, absolutely. It's, like, it's, mm-hmm. it's, you it's know, you never know how that on stuff's going to land. On a level, that's the, I, But, like, like, it's consistent yes. in, like, complete and perfectly executed in what it's trying to accomplish, and whether it's successful or not, and, like, it's delivering its payload. I really love the way that... They handle narrative design and just sort of like tone in yeah. other games. And it's similarly, like, that stuff resonates with me more than the than dolphin one. Right. Yeah, yeah, dolphin one. It's fine. I think I'm gonna like those like, jokes a lot. I, it's fine. It's still like it's still. I love it. Like right. Like I love yeah. that goddamn game. Um. So I mean, I don't yeah. like. You know, this is not a case where, where just like my just personal like predilections are actually like negatively impacting my enjoyment it's not that like mm-hmm. it's just you know if i had to evaluate those parts of it it's not as much my cup of tea but like whatever who gives a shit like i it's not gonna ruin the game for you no not, yeah. not in the slightest yeah exactly isn't it like a like a guana with sunglasses as one of the characters in that game <laughs> yes that's appealing on, on its face to me it's like a dinosaur is it a dinosaur or an iguana? It's got to be a dinosaur because he's got to be from the past, right? He's got to be a dinosaur. Iguanas are like 40 million years old. Yeah, but not like, that's not... He's, like not old enough for you? They're still around. Iguanas are na- they're nature's time travelers. <laughs> oh, God. So true. <laughs> I'm forcing I want, I want a long pregnant pause in there because I want you to have to fucking follow that statement up with something. There's nothing to say. It's self-evident. <laughs> Video games. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know. The thing that I, I can say a word that will make you understand what the, the thing I, we have to take out of the game. Why? Are we on break now? What are you doing no, here? It was Reynolds. Yeah. How do you not know that's what he was talking about? I still don't know. You're an idiot. There's anyway, whole just, chunks of your brain that shut off. We can't keep talking to about this. Conserve energy. No talking about. But anyway, yeah. Um, uh, speaking of dumb things that <laughs> speaking of go. dumb okay. things that we've made. Um, the I just want to. I don't want to forget. Oh yeah. The uh, Idle Vice shirt. Are it's done. To say that out loud because then you can't just not think of Idle Vice. But, uh, <laughs> oh, we don't make silly puns here at Idle Thumbs. Yeah, right. I know. Um, speaking of Idle other Vice. connecting tissue, Wolfgang puts on your Idle Vice shirt to get down here. <laughs> <laughs> um that shirt is now shipping That's to people who bought it so i think about like so far roughly half of the people who placed those orders have gotten order confirmations and i'm sure the next will become like very soon because yeah, they're just coming out of boxes and going <laughs> onto the shelf in the, work, in the warehouse so if you want yeah. an idle thumbs t-shirt that's sort of like a corally hot pink with a sort of teal and white version of the idle thumbs logo on it it's a really nice sort of bright 80s look they actually exist now, and they're shipping mm-hmm. from our yeah, store. Yeah, really cool. And yeah. if you just want like a very classy navy blue with white logo Idle Thumbs T-shirt, mm-hmm. you can also buy. Yeah, that we still. restocked all of those, so we yep. got all of those remade. It's um, actually really cool yeah. to look in the store sales and see like both of those just selling now. It's weird. Yeah. Like it's weird. And that we that's like happening for real. This is a I don't know. 
I guess we should say this. Like we take a, we've been trying, like taking a lot of putting a lot of effort and pride into like making sure that like a thing that has an Idle Thumbs logo on it isn't like just like a shitty like Zazzle it's t-shirt. It's like crappy merch. Like we're really trying yeah. to make nice shirts. We like source decent shirts. We yep. work with a local screen printer. We go it on like the press It turns out our shirts check. are all hand silk screened. Yeah. yeah. Because so our order numbers are so small. <laughs> we make <laughs> no <laughs> money on them. Yeah. But yeah, they're make, really we make nice. We very little money on them. But it's, it's more you walking around so wearing it that makes us happy. Us, you can buy them. Yeah. And that's but at like, store.idlethumbs.net. The list of of like horrible kind of froofy claims we can make about these is disgusting because they're the shirts are manufactured in America. They're hand screen printed in San Francisco. Also, and we personally press check them, like in and process. they're warehoused in San Francisco. The hot, they're they're shipped the hot pink ones are in fact uh, organic fabric. Oh my god, <laughs> that's true. They are organic because that was the cotton. only uh, we we, we like the, the American apparel needed, shirts, but yeah, that coral only came in the organic shirts. But in fact, an organic hand screened in San Francisco, made in America. <laughs> That one's <laughs> so artisanal. Fulfilled, packaged, and sent from San Francisco, California. Yeah. Conceived of. <laughs> yeah. Designed at our offices. <laughs> While yeah. you're eating those nature snacks. This is all in fact a lie. These true. t-shirts are made by 11-year-olds in China. And the design for it, we just put out a tweet saying, we'll send you a shirt and you'll get some exposure. So, like... Mm. And they only cost us like 89 cents to make. So every one of those dollars just goes straight into my bank account. <laughs> that would be such a better business. If you, had su- if you had secretly, if that were actually the case and it was because you had secretly set up an entire, just like, hey guys, I'll just handle the shirts. Don't worry about it. I got the pipeline figured out. <laughs> like, Don't worry. Yeah. And if you would just sort of like, oh guys, it's like these shirts, like they're nice, but they're really going to cost us. Meanwhile, you're just pocketing like $18.70 of every shirt personally, like. I would have like a couple hundred dollars at this point. It's totally <laughs> worth the effort to establish overseas manufacturing partners. <laughs> so Jake in the all white jumpsuit in a factory in China yeah, with just, a clipboard. Like, like, yep, this will do. Hey, China, we need a couple hundred Idle Thumbs t-shirts. The guy's like a couple hundred shipping containers of Idle Thumbs shirts. No, 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 no. <laughs> like, like 300 shirts. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Leave now. But if you have any like ideas for stuff that you'd like to see in a store that we can make, uh, definitely reach out to us. We're always we've been thinking a lot How about would one do that new stuff. I don't know. How are they going to know? Oh, right. If they're good, it. they'll figure it out. <laughs> no, it'll, uh, this, you can hit uh, the forums would be great. There's a thread, but questions at thumbs.net is a fine place to write us, um, or just drop us a line on Twitter at thumbs. Do you want to cool. do some reader mail? Sure. Oh From man, you, did you see readers? that? Did you see that? Like some seventeen-year-old girl asked Joe Biden to her high school. Prom. Not just yes. one, a few. Wait, what? There's like a rash of them. Wait, I didn't know that part. Yeah, it's like a thing that happens. I did it's not. It's got to be part. related to Parks and Rec. It has. I don't know. He seems like he'd be a good time. Oh yeah, for be sure. Be a fun date. Oh, yeah, I mean, you I don't do that know. knife trick. You know, the butter knife. <laughs> you can always hope to just grow up to be an old man like Joe Biden. Yeah, yeah. Ooze's charm. Well, I just saw the. I just saw the one. <laughs> And he like it was in the Washington Post on blog, the right? eve of her prom. Like he didn't respond for months, and on the eve of her prom, he had like a courier bring a corsage to her house with like a note inviting her to the White House. Oh my God! How fucking that baller salty is that? dog? Yeah, she like <laughs> she's like she. It was like the, there was a line in the story that is like what's whatever the girl's name is. Like she's been keeping the corsage in the freezer and is concerned about what will happen when it wilts. Oh, like, oh. I know. Her grandmother suggested she press them into a book. I think that's a good that's idea. That's what a grandmother should suggest. I know. That's why you have a grandma. That's yeah. lovely. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a feel good story. Knowledge like that. Put it into a president into a book. Find a book where both facing pages are Joe Biden's face. <laughs> <laughs> Arrange the flower into Joe Biden's face. Also not a bad idea. <laughs> Beautiful. Squish it. You can probably take a class on like creating pressed flower art for your like you can probably take a class on creating pressed flower art in the uh, likeness of Vice President Joe Biden. <laughs> That's a concentration, but they have it. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait actually before we do reader mail danielle you said there were yes. some things you maybe had to say about wolfenstein oh wolfenstein well i haven't played it yet i told you i had some very uninformed opinions about sure, it sure that's okay i, I saw Those lots of well pre- preface it with that yeah, knowledge you know, that it is unconfirmed it's, a, it's it's basically the things i know from arthur arthur geese my my boss he played it and loved it actually he gave the game a nine mm-hmm. but apparently the game is really good and he actually really Your connected. face right now as you say that? Like you're baffled. You just have like a very <laughs> well, baffled okay, face. Okay, nobody like... expected this to be good. And embargo for this game was like the day it came out, which isn't always a good sign for AAA. I thought that so. they might have thought it was good because the marketing seemed incredibly confident, which it either means oh, yeah, you're true. trying really hard to like... Create an aura of inevitability. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's because you actually think we have a strong enough product that we can make a really weird marketing campaign where all the title cards are like just pure red with I the love, logo in white I and like stuff. I like that stuff. Though. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I don't mean that negatively i mean no, it really I know, it feels I know, I know. like like that was like i don't know sorry i didn't mean to No, to, it's cool like i suspect guardians of the galaxy might be an entertaining movie because it has a multinational advertising campaign that just has crazy like 70s funk music in it and like you don't do that if you're afraid that people are going to think that it's bullshit you put the same bombastic shit in your marketing anyway whatever that's a good point they stealth uh but no. but the embargo thing is anyway. That's, yeah, no, do, that's the opposite. Go on. No, that's the opposite of what you do. <laughs> yeah, it's puzzling. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's an know. unconfident choice. Yes. yes, that's why I was not expecting this to be very good. He actually really got into the story so, and the characters yeah. and. What such. do you like from what you know of the game? What what is the thing that is good about it? That you actually sort of that the world building itself is actually really fascinating and cool. It's sort mm. of an alt history thing, you know. It's I think it's set in the sixties, actually. Yeah, it's for, like as though the Nazis won yeah. World War Two, and now you're living in the shadow of like world domination by the Third Reich. Right. That's like yeah. basically the plot, right? Yeah. yeah, and there's there's some really cool elements. I mean, the thing I like the best out of what I've seen is the you know the pop music where yeah like, that stuff was awesome. Like that American pop that, music like, has been uh, as imagined by Nazis. Like it's pretty what or just yeah. ger- not even Nazis <laughs> yeah. specifically, but just like if well in that culture of dominated yeah, by the in Nazis in this like yeah. post war culture that is like now just what the world is like. Here's like f- fictional sixties bands. That exi- that are not like, I don't it's think like the beach. The boys idea isn't that yeah, they're like, like the official Nazi yeah. like propaganda. The idea is that like these are just like German pop bands that exist in this like twenty years post World War Two that was successfully won by by the Third Reich. I'm trying it's to find weird. Some of it's the like names, really man. interesting because I bet Hitler the- would have been a big Banana Rama fan. What's that? Because <laughs> 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 like the the songs that they like they created a bunch. There was like they had kind of a folk revival style song and like some kind of stuff that's like British invasion style. And it was really convincing. Like it was just sounds like potential music from the, that era. It's bizarre. It's really cool. Yeah. Huh. It's, it's really, really cool. They, they just spent, I mean, the sense is that they just spent a lot of time and put a lot of love into making this world interesting, if not, you know, believable, but you know, believable in the sense that it has, sure. you know, 
the internal thing- logic and makes sense and feels like this kind of strange lived in place. Basically, I need to find some. I need to like either read some reviews or find someone who has like firsthand played it because I need them to tell me when and if it stops just being like every because I. I played like the, I don't know, a while of it today. And like, yeah, it definitely starts exactly like every single other, like every single like modern B tier kind of big shooter thing where it's like you start off with just a bunch of just just tutorializing of like now do this. Now there's a turret sequence. Now you crawl through the thing. Now you like just, oh, my God, it's just yeah. it's like the exact opposite <clears throat> of what I want from a game these days, you know, like it's just so it felt so laborious and by the numbers and like now's the part where you learn how this works by doing this like quick time style thing again. Sure. Yeah. It just, oh God. Um, I, but like maybe it's not that cause I was one of the things I was talking to Jake today about this and like a thing that I wouldn't mind playing that feels like it's very much in short supply these days. Cause I don't have like a huge amount of interest in playing tons of first person shooters these days because there, there's so much more interesting stuff going on most of the time. But I would totally play a first-person shooter that doesn't either take itself overly seriously or treat me like a fucking idiot the whole time. Yeah. Like, I just feel like it's so rare to play... A, like, the the game that is, like, a good template for what I mean is, like, Half-Life 1, right? Half-Life, like, that game is really, like, it's not overly ambitious in what it's trying to say, really. Like, it's just got, like, decently well-told story kind of cool sci-fi story. yeah just like cool yeah. sci-fi story it's not it's like the later half-life games start getting super like deep into their world and story and stuff but like half-life one is just like fun action experience that's just like really rigorous and um like think like always respects the player's time and effort right like that's yeah. what's nice about that game and i feel like there's so few modern shooters that are like that they so frequently feel so overloaded with like infinite scripted sequences or like corridors or storytelling that is thinks it's way more clever than it actually is like and it's, it's all overly serious and emo and you yeah know, exactly like bro-y. oh i'm so i'm such a sad war bro like I <laughs> yeah so i want a new no one lives forever but this. so does everybody. yeah that would be great <laughs> that would be really fun didn't though. someone someone registered someone like recently filed a thing to like make a new no one lives forever Did or something really? like that. I think it was I someone who said because so uh, the rights to no one lives forever are just in one of those insane limbos yeah. but then i think yeah. someone said sorted it and those guys didn't someone re-release those games or say that they are working on re-releasing them yeah and, there's like a company that's located up in portland who's their whole business model oh, yeah. is well not their entire business model but a big part of their business model is um like acquiring the rights to sort of deserted games and bringing them back. So System Shock 2, <laughs> they did that. Like, they brought, they, like, I'm pretty sure that's the same company that re-released System Shock 2, which I guess was, like, mired in, like, a bunch of different rights concerns, and they somehow just, sent, like, sorted through all that bullshit and, and did it. Um, yeah, System Shock 2, and then the Humongous Entertainment re-releases, like, I guess, Freddy the Fish and Putt-Putt and stuff. Um, they also... Are going are planning on doing an online re-release of Nolan's Forever, so that's awesome. Oh, sweet! That's so awesome. I don't know if that means there's actually any chance of like a new Nolan's Forever game coming anytime soon, but like it's still great that people are going to have the opportunity to play those games because they're they're exactly like yeah, Danielle, you're totally right. Like yeah, that's exactly what so I want. Good. Like those games have like a cool character. They are like very player oriented. Um, like they're still just linear games, right, right. but like they don't consider the player to be an idiot like that's just like i feel like that's just so the thing that i remember the most about half-life one that i just don't get anymore and this is i know a really specific example but it's what we talked about earlier is it's a first person game with 
a shitload of shooting guys and flipping switches and finding keys and all that stuff. But what I remember in Half-Life 1 is the downtime. And that Absolutely. is not in anything yeah. anymore. No Forever has that as well. Like, Half-Life, you're in a firefight, crazy shit's going down, and then, like, you drop down a sewer cap and are just in an underground cavern silently just dealing with weird, slightly fucked up machinery. And occasionally there's a head crab, but it's mm-hmm. just like you're just off doing... You're just, you know, exploring stuff, finding your own way. You might encounter a scientist or something, and then you break through a huge, you know, giant, like, uh, airlock door, effectively. And then you're back in the world of helicopters flying all over the place and stuff going nuts. But just like like Metro 2033 was decent in that respect. I don't know if any of you guys played that. Yeah, a little bit. I feel like that had, like, some decent peaks and valleys of of that kind of thing that I really I always just remember the valleys when I think of Half-Life. Like, I always just remember the being alone and sneaking around and sort of being in the space. Half-Life 2 has... Like, I can kind of, like, like, oh, yeah, there's those fights once once the, like, you know, military shows up and stuff like that. But it's always... My first memories of Half-Life are always Mm -hmm. just that, like, that... Those it, parts. it always feels so much less in Half Life Two, like I'm discovering them, and more of like where it's like drive your car to the empty area, then push totally the front. Whereas in Half Life One, it's yeah. like it actually like feels like a complex. Like you're fighting off yeah. soldiers, and then the quietness happens because you've actually killed everyone, which is I mean fucked when you say it that <laughs> way. But it's like there's just those you know like the yeah. the camo guys burst in halfway through the game, and you just like you'll clear out a room, and then it is just silence. Then you realize, oh, I actually have to get out of here now. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then you sort of advance past mm-hmm. that until yeah. eventually. Like the weird ninja character shows up and you're freaked out because you thought you were in a yeah. quiet space and like that, that sort of, it's, it's weird because it was I probably referred to as cinematic pacing as a pejorative in 1998, but it's actually like successfully mm-hmm. feels cinematic through the way that it's actual like right. interlocking like, mechanics yeah. very and aesthetics work. Very importantly, it's not cinematic in that it is actually totally like you control how long that downtime is, right? A lot of like, it's, right, cause it's not the pacing is, it creates a feeling of it being cinematic, but it's in reality, it's not at all. Whereas I think a lot of modern shooters are actually obsessed with being literally cinematic to the point where just, if you wait too long, you'll just die because of a timer. And then a fucking quote from general Pershing shows up on the screen and you're like, uh, cool. Fuck off. Like, it's so very immersive. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. anyway, that's, I don't know why I just digressed into that big long thing, but like, I'm that just saying sense. I'm totally receptive yeah. to playing a shooter that doesn't just like infuriate me. So yeah. I'm going to read some stuff about Wolfenstein and see if it's what I want. It is yeah, my hope and dream. Cool. And this is another thing that I said earlier today that <laughs> someone will do some new version of that kind of feeling right in a way that catches to the point that people that it sort of comes back into the lexicon of what you expect out yeah. of a triple A game. It probably won't. But the way like, I mean, I don't know if I, I don't have enough concrete examples to this, but I feel like the way that action movies are constructed that ebb and flow happens over mm-hmm. decades of, yeah. of film. Feels so. like um, the betrayal, betrayer. That game, oh, betrayer, betrayer. The, um, like that game could have been that. But game. also, that game was led by Craig Hubbard, who led No One Was Yeah, oh, it feels yeah. like that stuff right. was on the That's whiteboard right. of that game. Yeah, but yeah, somebody's God, out there. Forever. Who cares? Yeah, No One played... Forever is amazing. It's so good. <laughs> if that game gets re-released and you haven't played it, you should. Well, both of them. No, I will play it and I'll talk about it on this podcast because I've never played that game. Ah, you, you totally showed the both. I know, and I know I'll like it. I think you can get them on good old games in between. You know. Oh, really? If Already? It's, if it's oh, then what's even the point of? Oh, you mean when it's re-released? Right, when it's re-released, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure I don't know how to play them right now. Unfortunately, you have to actually like go to I, Steve Gainer's house. I first, yeah, no, <laughs> steal his CD-ROMs. Nice. Yeah, I first yeah. played. I think I first played those games by borrowing them from Steve. Like, oh, nice. Years and years and years ago. Yeah. 
I, I mean, I played it on like the PlayStation or whatever. It wasn't even a good port. I just loved it so much <laughs> that like you know the idea well, what's was great so about, cool. And, you I know. think actually, Nolan Silver came up on this podcast like within the last month or so because we were talking about <gasps> how certain kinds of old PC games actually hold up a lot better than like old 3D console games, for example, because you can play them at native res. And if the texture design was good enough, even though it's like, obviously the textures are not modern resolution, like the geometry is all rendered. The shapes of the texture still hold up. Yeah, exactly. And like the the geometry, and like, yeah, exactly. And the like, um, just like stuff is rendered, at least on a pixel level, like at whatever your monitor can do. So, and Nolan's Forever games I've found hold up really well relative to a lot of other stuff of the time. Like, you know, like Deus Ex and stuff like that. For you know, sure. I feel like yeah. the art design of Nomus River holds up better than most games. Deus Ex looks so weird now when you look at it. It really does look really <laughs> weird. You guys want to read some mail from readers? Oh, sure. If you have a question for us, write us at questions at idle thumbs at mm, sorry <laughs> dot <laughs> net. That was it? our like shitty radio lab. The question was <laughs> at mm.net. Yes. Can I give a game recommendation? Oh yeah, please. While you're finding a place? not on this podcast. I demand you. I played a cool game that oh, was super weird. But, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Jake. <laughs> I had to respond. I want more. Pigeon, I want more pigeon. sound effects. Can you make a piggy sound effect too? Oh my god, his pig noise is so good. There you go. Did you awesome. know? Did you know that he's good at that? No, I had no That's idea. That's his greatest skill. Do it again. <laughs> I honestly had no idea. <laughs> that was one little one. That was not. That was a tease. It was totally good. It's an incredible thing. Oh my so god! So what's the game? If I ever have a bad day, we that's gotta just what I need. Gotta yeah, just float really past cute. this pig sound and get into video okay, games. Well, it was it, the game's about a pig. That's why I, I wanted. Oh. To know if you could do a pig sound. I had no idea you were such a talented pig sound to like. <laughs> that was okay. The yeah. yeah, when you can't get the pig for the role, you call me the sag pig. Yeah. She gets a scab pig over Man, here. Man, is there a pig version of? Remember there, there was that bear, Bart the Bear, that was like in all any movie that needs a bear, you get Bart the Bear. He's like the trained. Oh yeah, the Hollywood big Kodiak bear. bear. Oh, yeah. yeah, he like came. Bart. He was in the Academy Awards one time, and it yeah, was really awkward because yeah. he didn't like, like an deliver edge. the award. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and in the movie The Bear. Yeah, yeah. but the, I wonder if there's a pig equivalent of Bart the Bear. Maybe nah, Babe. Whoever played Babe. It's probably like pig's six long pigs. dead. Six dead pigs. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, the game. The part of Babe was played by six dead pigs. <laughs> That's its name. <laughs> it's got some tats. Yeah, it's good. It's good. It's a tough pig. So this game is called Full Bore, and oh, it's really oh. good. We Someone wrote in Did somebody about talk about us. that? Well, I think the people who made it did. Oh. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, it's a super quick thing. It's, it's not the most polished game in the world, but it's a really, really awesome 2D open world puzzle game mm-hmm. that was really, really challenging. And really good. And it had also really awesome, interesting world building and actually really interesting post-apocalyptic story. Even though this is a game starring cute little cartoon pigs, it had this amazing, amazing sort of Wait, so what story. do you do in the game? Sorry. It's so you're basically puzzle solving puzzles. Uh-huh. Okay. You're, you're, you only have two abilities. You can only like sort of shove blocks around. That's uh-huh. it. You can't even jump or anything. And you can climb around on things. And there's, you know, hundreds of different material types. And that's how all the puzzles sort of... Is this game in any way in the same space as like a scapegoat too? I know. What's your deal with yes. puzzle platformers like, that actually, are puns about quadruped farm animals? I don't <laughs> know, but I keep getting these games and they're really good. And and it also reminded me of the, the game. I once upon a time I talked about this on on the Idle Thumbs podcast, but the um <clears throat> the game starring Laika, the space dog. 
Oh yeah, you talked about that uh, two times ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this full bore reminded me of that in terms of the story being like you know it's this funny goofy video game as video game, but actually has this really cool and interesting story that's actually kind of emotionally resonant, even though it stars cute little cartoon pigs this time. So that would be my recommendation. It's hmm. pretty cool, and full it's open bore. world, which is kind of rad. where can one find full bore on Steam? Mm. I think it's PC only right now, but um, you know maybe they'll come out with new versions. I don't know it's just a cool game. Definitely worth looking at. Whole Hog Games made it because you know, pig games. They're painting themselves into a little bit of a box by calling themselves Whole Hog. Yeah. And the, I imagine <laughs> that Full Boar is also a pig pun. Just to clarify, oh, it is for those who yes. you play a pig miner, but you can be a girl pig or a boy. Wait, pig. Wait, you mean like somebody who digs in the dirt, or like a seventeen-year-old like pig? Like a M I N E R. Okay, miner. <laughs> yes, you you work for the Full Boar Mining Company after you Wait, step a on boar a boar is like grenade. explicitly a male, right? Yes. And it's like a sow. It's spelled a... bore as in a boring drill or I'm bored right now. Wait, even the animal is spelled that way? No, no, no. The, the game... title of no, the no, game. No, the title. I know the title is. Oh, yeah, yes. Yeah. I think I think a bore is a male of the, uh-huh. species. Of the species. You can play as a male sow. or a female. A sow. Pig. Wait, okay. Is the game spelled F-U-L-L-B-O-A-R? No, it's a... B-O-R-E. Okay. So it's spelled the, the game way is spelled the way. Spell full yeah, bore. it's spelled the way the expression is colloquially actually right. spelled. Okay. Whereas escape goat is actually the two words escape and goat. Yes, yeah. that's correct. very different. Not to be confused. These are both excellent. These are different games. ways to incorporate animals into your pun. <laughs> excellent games that are smart verse. puzzle games with farm animals, and they're great. That's full all. Bore. <laughs> Just wanted to note that that was pretty no, cool. That's, no, that's good. <laughs> It's good. I've flipped around like 18 <laughs> times on my perception of what the name of that game was because I had to write it down for games discussed. Oh. The next game Daniel brings in is going to be about like a horse that like has got a cold. Is this called I'm Horse? <laughs> you, <laughs> you have to get lozenges. You. <laughs> you have to get lozenges. As per the terms of our agreement, I yes. will not berate you for this. Yes. Or shame Remember me. that? Remember that? I will shame you. A horse that must find lozenges. <laughs> But also he's sad and it's post-apocalyptic and, you know, the world has changed. Right, it's surprisingly poignant, yeah. this horse game. I'm going to make exactly. a puzzle platformer called Wake Up Sheeple. And ah! it's about a narcoleptic per- sheep caught in a conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would really fit my, my curve here. So I would, I'd, yeah. I'd play it, you yeah. know. It'd be cool. And the, the, the <laughs> enemy is Obama. It's a French. <laughs> <laughs> the enemy is the NSA. Yeah. But Obama's really the head of the NSA. Hopefully, yeah, he's caught in a conspiracy that reveals that everything truthers believe is in fact real. Yeah, the final lo- the final <laughs> level is Benghazi. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hmm. Sorry. Uh, okay. Reader mail. Yay! We're, if we if we must, it's we must. <laughs> There's only one only one group of people on this planet can save us from this. The readers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh so, man! Oh. This is, <laughs> no, sorry. Let's up this one more time. What? But they won't. I got a, I got a, I got a sensation. Start. I got a dream that was emailed to me when you said oh, email you Sean dreams. I'll, I'll grab it. Go ahead and start. Okay. Okay. So, okay. This is this is a fine thing to do as like t- throwaway start thing. So I wrote ourselves an email to remind us to talk about the things we got <laughs> wrong in last week's podcast. Oh yeah, because several people wrote in about. We it. have a corrections department starting now. One thing is that there was in fact a hard driveless version of the Xbox 360 from day one that was not introduced later. There was. That system was originally available as both hard driveless or hard drive version, and the change they made, as I remember, it's the was, arcade edition, right? Yeah, was eventually they started allowing developers to make games that required a hard drive. I think. Okay, so it's the other way around. 
Yeah, it was the other way around. Whereas so, originally you had to make your game playable with or without a hard drive. And then like s- certain developers started asking for exemptions from that. And then eventually it became more and more common. Okay. Um, and then the other correction is that in like one of the, I don't know, dozen or whatever watchdog skews that are being sold around the world, the item Aiden Pierce's iconic cap is actually a real physical cap that you can wear that is modeled after, I guess, his cap from the game okay. and is not an in-game item itself. So, sorry. I don't really think that invalidates the actual larger point we were making. But, um, but yes, that particular... Uh, that it's particular... also worth pointing out that his iconic cap is, in fact, a black baseball cap with a black logo stitched into it. Yeah, it's the least iconic shit you've ever seen. <laughs> So. It's iconic in the sense that all baseball caps have an iconic shape. Like the shape of like the intrinsic shape of a baseball cap, that is iconic. That is an icon in our culture. We know that. His particular one of it, mm, I don't think I don't think he gets to call it that. Yeah. It's just a fucking cap. Um Maybe he's the only person in his universe who wears a baseball hat. Maybe <laughs> the continuity of watchdogs he like forges that in like the opening or like the end of the prologue you you know forges it he forges the yeah. fucking fires of hell yeah the fires of watchdog <laughs> the fires uh, of chicago yeah. yeah yeah i don't know the trash fires of chicago <laughs> someone's like an old like grizzled man says it will be an icon like none other and then <laughs> just from the flames comes this like you know black obviously Obsidian burned cap. yeah it's just, it's just yeah it's, yeah want to hear this dream oh yeah i do want to hear it so Ken Collingwood writes in and says, he just wrote this to you. Yep. Just because yeah. last week we told people. To send you told people. To. Don't do this anymore. Um, <laughs> what, me? No. Yeah. To the readers. The readers. If you have video game dreams, send them to Jake at Adlethumbs.net. There you go. Ah. It's fine. All right. Ken writes, I recently had a dream where I was driving in a car down the streets of GTA 5 with the cast of Idle Thumbs. Chris was gushing about the amount of bespoke content in the game, while Nick made <laughs> exasperated grunts. Everyone was slightly more handsome than they are in real life, except for Sean, who is slightly less handsome. Burn on the rest of us. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. I mean, I, I don't know. There's, he doesn't actually give a handsomeness baseline there. Sure. So, anyway. Kind of. That's good. That's that beautiful. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad that I don't I- like that I'm in anyone's dreams. Too bad. You're in mine every night. Oh. And you uh, mine. Katrine Baker writes, Dear Idle Thumbs, I'm in my early 30s and I've been gaming most of my life going through both PC and console phases. I should add, as it is relevant to my question that I'm female, I play a variety of multiplayer games over Skype with a group mostly composed of guys between 25 and 35 who who I've known for many years, and we have a great time for the most part. I consider these guys to be intelligent and forward-thinking people. However, I've been amazed to hear completely sexist comments made, sometimes in passing and not necessarily directed at me. But these comments are accepted by the group as part of video game and internet culture or some nonsense. If I react in any way, I'm often told I'm too sensitive or it's just a joke and it's just the way the guys interact. I've debated with myself about how to respond and I don't, I've come up unsure. My question is this. In your opinion, what would be the most effective way for a female video game enthusiast to combat this behavior? I feel getting up on my soapbox for every comment is not effective. But at the same time, ignoring every comment is not helpful either. I'm asking because throughout hours of podcasting, I've not heard comments of this nature and I would value your opinion. I'd also like to hear Danielle Rendo's thoughts next time she's on the podcast. Hey, that's a weird coincidence. Um, Thanks for writing in this week. (laughs) Katrine. (laughs) Um, Love your guys. I don't know if her name is Katrine or Katrine, but um, anyway, love your guys work. P.S. I realize this may open a kind of worms, but I feel some cans are worth opening. 
Well, Danielle. Well. As official female speaking for all females. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, it's, wor- it's worth pointing out that the, uh, that the free-to-play guy that we had dinner with would say that it is absolutely a stupid idea to open the can. <laughs> what? Never mind. The guy, oh. <laughs> don't buy the keys. Yeah. yeah. Man, thank you for catching up with that and giving it a laugh, Chris. Sorry. You make me feel better. <laughs> oh, no. Well, okay. You open the can? <laughs> no, you don't open the can. No, don't open the can. can. Cans are never worth opening. <laughs> Ugh. You know how many worms are in there? Ugh. Can't catch a whale. Not enough. Can. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got an algorithm. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Well, this is a big question. I think it's a can worth opening. Of course I do. I'm a loudmouth woman on the internet. I mean, that's. You're not my that loudmouth. I'm know. very nice. You, yeah, no, I don't I'm know. very nice. I but I do. I get up on my. Yeah, we, we are. It's it's a good thing. I um. So my opinion might be a little bit more, you know, in in your face than That's perhaps fine. she's comfortable being. But it's going to be my opinion, and that sure. is that you should be if you consider these guys friends, and if you consider these guys peers. Um, I would personally feel comfortable taking one of them aside, especially if there's sort of somebody who does this more often than the other guys or something like that. Just taking them aside, whatever, email, however you need to do it, and just saying, hey, can you not do that? You don't need to, like, go into a soapbox mode. You don't need to, like, make it a bigger deal than you feel like it has to be. Um, I've had good luck with that approach, and I've also had bad luck with, you know, people being assholes on the Internet. So I I completely understand not wanting to sort of... Do that. I do think it's worth trying. I mean, especially if you, I'm speaking to her, I guess, sort of weirdly. Uh, if you feel like these are people you can talk to, basically. Um, sometimes, I've, I've found uh, sometimes dudes in my life, especially when I was a bit younger and the dudes were a bit younger, just never considered that it was an issue or For just sure. never thought about it being a problem and said something sexist or like, oh, you got beat by a girl or, you know, something like that. I just never thought about it being offensive or being something you're not wanting to hear about. Something that's going to make someone uncomfortable, yeah. Exactly. Like, uh, my, that would be my first plan of action. Because um, it's worth bringing up. It's worth, you know, kind of, you know. It's sort of like multi-tiered because, like, it's also just the rule of having a good friend. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, be around the people who, like, you can say, hey, that sucks. Exactly. You know, like, it's, it's you know, I don't it, <clears throat> There's sort of two, th- that's when I say multi-theory, I mean, there's just like learning to sort of speak to your friends open and honestly and like plainly without them, with like, without making them feel like they fucked up or they're like shitty. Right. And then there's also just sort of like, it's because of the issue at hand, it's like, it's placed in this bigger, broader bullshit of the game industry, right? right. Where it's like, if your friend just said like the word like retarded, all the right. time, yeah. you know, and you had like a retarded brother, <laughs> you'd be like, right. look, please don't. All right. Like I, you know, cause like my whole life I was on the bus with this kid and like, he's my brother. And like, it's like my whole life. It fucking displeased, you know? Yeah. But like, it is something about like the, like the, especially right now, potent, like anchoring of people not wanting to give an inch to some sort of like, so they perceive as like incursion into their rights. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, 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 which is like horseshit to yeah, the yeah, max. But like, if your friends are assholes, don't be friends with them anymore. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. You know, but at the same time, it's like... And if you, you know. believe that they're like deep down not assholes, then hopefully they can deal with some 
constructive criticism. Yeah. Yeah, and it's especially... It's a tough thing to... Oh, yeah. No, it's it is hard. It's, it's tough, tough to, like, tell somebody hard. that, like, they're... they're Absolutely. Doing and, and you never want to be that girl. And I'm going to just say it. Like, there are definitely times in my life where I've been that girl who, like, oh, you needed to poop on the party. The feminist had to, like, come in and yeah, yeah, do yeah. the thing. And, like, I completely understand, you know, I'm the kind of person who I don't mind doing that, but, like, I definitely get not wanting to do that, not sure. wanting to, like, take your gaming time where you're having fun, you're relaxing, and you're not thinking about you know, whatever it is that that's bothering you in your real life. But if you see a party, you'll poop on it. Yeah, basically. Um, that's that's what I do best. I, I really like anytime, being a party anywhere. pooper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime, anywhere, yeah. I'll poop on that party. Watch if it it's a shitty party, then might as yeah. well put some more you're poop on you're it. adding to it. <laughs> um, the last thing I would say is... Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's analogies. My, I'm all about that's it. That's a weird, like, like it. a weird, like math and logic issue of <laughs> and shitting I, on a poopy or pooping on a shitty party. Yeah, it's really true. Yeah, think I about that. <laughs> I, I don't picture want the to. little pigs no. doing it too, uh, like oh, from God. full bore. It was, it was really a, special. A podcast for and by adults. <laughs> <laughs> it's for grownups. <gasps> I would give the last piece of advice that it, it's probably most effective to do this one on one with a friend. Yeah, like if you're really going to the whole group. You know, like right. that might hear not, me. Uh, yeah, that might yeah. you will be quote unquote, people like people dig in because they because they have other people that they can reinforce their exactly. preconceptions like yeah. through. You know what I mean? Like they don't have to like only they don't have to like directly consider the things you're saying because they can fall back on their peer group, you know, yeah. like knee jerking to their. We defense. can't take a joke like that's that's the response you might get if people are in a group. Whereas like if you privately talk to your friend and a completely like non-confrontational yeah. one, if you're one, the like, only, hey, can you just not if say If you're that? the only person they can respond to, as opposed to like reflecting themselves exactly. off their buddy, they have to actually consider the thing they're directly saying to your face or to your virtual face. They have to, to your, treat you like to your a human being. <laughs> Oculus 3D face. Yeah. <laughs> to your 3D rendered face. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. I hope that helps. That was a really good response. In some yeah. capacity. I'm not going to respond any more than that because you did a better job than I would. Oh, um, I'm also not going to respond, I guess, since you guys both said you're not going to. I have nothing to say. Well, I have something to say. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I actually did. Oh, oh. Well, then do it. Then go ahead. Yeah. I, I mean, I this is like completely, this is a non, this is not about gender. Um, this is just about life a little bit. There's also a chance, I don't know you, I don't know anything about you, but like you can outgrow your friends sometimes, you know? And like, I think it's important to be around the people in your life who a respect you and B challenge you to be like a more thoughtful person. Like I'm not saying your friends aren't smart and interesting, no, that, whatever. That's very true. But like it's important because life is short to be around people who are thoughtful. It's yeah. like there's a dearth of thoughtfulness. It is not a like a it's not a given. Yeah. Well, it's also just not a like celebrated attribute in our society at this exact moment. You never hear like, oh, he's so smart, he's so funny, he's so witty. You never hear, like, oh, he's incredibly thoughtful. You know, but like those are the people who like when you say, hey, I have a problem or like, hey, like that was an interesting thing you said. Like you can actually like unearth new things about being alive. <laughs> no, it's totally true. Absolutely. So maybe you're, you know, something to consider. Absolutely. Know. Well said. But like poop on that party, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's poop what it's actually it. about. <laughs> what? That's what I added. Piggy's poop. Really <laughs> insightful and worthwhile conversation is a, just heaping poop on top of poop. <laughs> How do you do that? What? <laughs> Nope, that's not it. It's close though. You're, you're in the space. That's like that's a, that's like a gross snore sound though. That's like that's like grandpa. <laughs> no, it's great. Like, yeah. God, it's amazing. So good. When you when you said like, "Are oh, you getting close?" I'm like, "Yeah, he is getting close." Then you did yours, and I'm like, "Oh, he wasn't even." Remote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's harder that pig noise. Well, no, because in my in my memory, I was able to like synthesize it and be like, "Yeah, I think that's what's close to my memory." Nope, nope, nope. No, not even not even in the ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> so strange.
Um, okay, so Dean writes, hey, Thumbs. Hi, Dean. <laughs> I want to start with a thank you. It's weird that that happened this time because you guys never do that. Okay. That's cute. I want to start Did with a thank you. Did we both say hey, Dean? Oh, it's a pleasure. You didn't hear it? That's I how perfectly it. synced yeah, that was. It was too, too stereo. It's a pleasure to listen to you guys every week. The wall. Um, Wait, what, Chris? I follow you only through the podcast, so I may have missed something, but since Sean's motorcycle accident and its description of his leg as a bag of meat, every time I hear the <laughs> podcast, I wonder and worry, how is Sean? Has he recovered? Sean, can you give me some kind of mental image to replace the meat bag and let me know how you're doing? Love to you all, Dean. Sent from my iPhone. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully, it was, sorry. My leg's 100. percent I am 100. percent I've got a, two cool scars on it. That's a, that is a funny is point about doing a weekly podcast where you have no other contact with the people listening to it. Like one week, anyway. Ba- Sean's leg is just off like that. It's gone. Bag of meat. Never bring it up again. That's true. It's like, is that his life now? Is his life now just walking around dragging a bag of meat? No, it's actually better than it was before. I went. I did. Re- I rehabbed really hard, and then I got like the green light from my doctor. Who's like, it looks good. And it feels great. Actually, yeah, it feels better than my right leg. Goddamn bionic man. Well, there's nothing left in there. They took the, the screws out. They took the bones. They, they took the bones. <laughs> I ate them. It's just a flesh bag, I was, I, a was I was part machine for, no, I mean, machine means moving parts, but I had metal in me for only like. You kept those screws. They're, they're still weird. got them. They're broken in a bunch of pieces, though. Did I tell you about this? How I broke my screws inside my leg? Um, No. Trying to run on, my, trying to run when I wasn't supposed oh, to. Yeah. I got the x-ray and it just showed the broken screws like between the two bones. And he's like, oh, no, it happens to like 30% of patients. Long pause. Mostly the obese. And I'm like, oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. A small point of clarification. I don't remember us actually describing your leg as a bag of meat. I remember us describing it as something way worse, which was a bag of water. That's what you described it as. When I had no, you lose so much muscle mass so fast. You lose like it's crazy. There's like there's just like a sort of half filled water balloon in there. It looked like Dumbledore's hand. (laughs) (laughs) But it's back now though. I've been riding a bike like five times a week. It's fucking good. I'm really happy about it. But when you break, yeah, you never think it's gonna get better, but it gets better. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. Fractal Sandwich writes, "Hey, thumbs. No question, but after last week's discussion on the Japanese indie scene, so we didn't do it. We didn't do a reader mail last week. So this is uh-huh. most of the email I'm reading has been ago. from the last week and a half or so, as opposed to the last week. Um, hey, thumbs. No question, but after last week's discussion of the Japanese indie scene or lack thereof, I wanted to write in and talk a bit. There are a huge number of self-published PC games in Japan. They're typically called um, Dujin, Dujin games." even in English, and they're very poorly known outside Japan for a number of reasons. The vast majority are unlicensed fan games, porn games, or both, and they're largely developed by hobbyists with day jobs and zero budget. Digital distribution is almost unheard of. These games are sold usually exclusively on physical media at conventions like the twice-yearly comic market in Tokyo and through a small number of specialist retail chains like Toro Noana and Melon Books. Despite this, there is a handful of non-pornographic original games that have dug out a niche in their own corner of the English-speaking market typically fan-translated and near-universally pirated. Probably the most well-known is a series of bullet-hell games called the, the Tuhu Project, which has been ongoing in one form or another since 1995, with 14 games in the main series, a handful of official spin-offs, and countless fan games. There are occasional instances of these developers signing on with international publishers and getting an official English localization through digital distribution, but barring runaway success stories like Carpe Fulger's treatment of Reseteer and Item Shop's tale, I remember that one on Steam, these usually fly completely under the radar. There's a lot more that can be said on the subject, but I don't know enough to do so myself. So the interest of not biting off more than I can chew, I'll leave it there. I hope you found it interesting. Cheers, Fractal Sandwich. Yeah. 
That's it cool. is quite interesting. It's almost like zines or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 90s. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Or like '90s shareware. Yeah, yeah I used on to, the PC, which was like distributed in paper in like plastic bags. Yeah, when I was yeah, in elementary baggies. school, yeah. I used to go to the Apple II users group that met in my fifth grade teacher's classroom and just buy ten floppy disks every month, which I would then take home. I remember um, that's awesome. None of them were uh, Japanese porn games. <laughs> Bummer. Yeah, and I remember in the 90s, like, growing up a PC gamer, I... Did uh, you hoping every time you put a disc in? (laughs) (laughs) This one, Captain Kane. That's just another mod file tracker. Plays the 16 variants of the Axel F theme. (laughs) (laughs) I remember one time I went... Did you you remember one time a floppy disk had porn on it? (laughs) You get, did you guys ever go to a computer convention? Yeah, I don't know if these still uh, exist. I went to this, like, was it was like the computer like the, show and sale that would like meet in of like a fairground, yeah, or something. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. there's like a flea market kind of, and like yeah. they would just sell software on discs of like yeah. people who developed software or like would import it or whatever, and it was like cool. yeah, it was completely. I did remember as a kid getting to go to one of those, mm-hmm. and actually that's where I bought Sam and Max hit the road. I Sweet. bought it at one of those, and I was so excited about it. A love and affair was it. born at one of these. Yeah. Got- there's no kid now who go is gets to experience the like the miracle that is found porn. It's that's, true. That's true. It's yeah. true. You know what I mean? A, that's a good point. That doesn't exist. Like, oh man, I mean, it, affect, it does technically, but it yeah, not. It's oh, found, when I was found in the by fourth grade, I found yeah, a Playboy yeah, exactly, magazine. Yeah. Oh, I found a Playboy magazine when I was in the fourth grade in the woods. My buddies and I put it in a plastic bag and <laughs> hid it in the woods. It's amazing. <laughs> and there was this like. It was treasure. We were like tiny goblins, and we had treasure in a place that we all knew where it you was. Were tiny treasure goblins. Yes. Oh, but now it's just like uh, boobs. Enter everywhere. There they all are. Everywhere. How many? You all want? of the boobs. All of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are probably more boobs on the internet than there are living people. Probably well, not true unless you count individual boobs. I'm not saying like. I'm saying like if you had the same. Person's like for every JPEG that counts, every, are you saying people? there are more than seven billion boobs on the internet? Or like, there are more than seven what billion photographs How? of or videos of boobs. Yeah. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, okay. That's just a little true. fucking. Yeah. But you're counting something also, to think about for the readers art. at home. But you're counting like unique photos and videos. You're not counting like instances of a given video because that's correct. That wouldn't even be a contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Unique. And also, there are drawings of boobs. There, you know, there's pornographic art as yeah. well. So yeah, yeah. Sure. there's deviant art. I mean, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> deviant alone, art. There's probably seven billion Sonic hedgehog, boobs. Cartoon oh, I'm hedgehog sure. boobs. Yeah, alone. <laughs> there's probably boobs. seven billion pornographic Chris the Hedgehog JPEGs. Oh. <laughs> 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 Okay. The first image Good. for Sean the Hedgehog is never gonna like never ever ever <laughs> ever going to not be funny to me. Oh. Um Ben Beeb writes, Hey thumbs. Last episode you guys again, two episodes ago, you guys jokingly discussed the existence of a Christian game using the Doom engine with three D environments and two D sprite based demon enemies. I found this offhand remark hilarious because a game similar to this does actually exist. In 1994, Wisdom Tree released Super 3D Noah's Ark for oh SNES God, I know and about DOS this game. using yeah, John Carmack's Wolfenstein <laughs> 3D engine. The game, similar to Chex Quest, was a reskin of Wolfenstein 3D. You played as Noah, attempting to collect the animals to put on the Ark. You would need to subdue the animals before rescuing them, so you'd shoot them with a slingshot. And then he includes a link to a gameplay trailer. Um, Wisdom ben Tree Beard. made a bunch the show, guys, of that Beard. stuff. What's like, that? Wisdom Tree made a bunch of Bible games. Or oh, Bible-related yeah, games yeah, yeah, around yeah. that time. I like, remember there were that NES was like a trend, for yeah. sure. Yeah. There was like save, um, 
what's his face? Moses was a baby and it was like a platformer. It was a very, you know, crappy Mario kind of platformer and he was a baby. You couldn't let him fall to the bottom Moses of the is river. Missing. <laughs> Moses is missing. Yeah, I, I remember these. So this is a whole world. Moses is missing. He was missing. Baby Moses is oh, missing. I'm playing this stupid video. There's a goddamn ad for watchdogs in front of it. Oh, God. <laughs> Over hat. 15 skews. <laughs> With the One iconic hat. Iconic hat. <laughs> Cuts to a clip of a guy. That's the most iconic hat I've ever seen. <laughs> Why, <laughs> sir? <laughs> it's just among the like GTA style passenger, like, or pedestrian barks. <laughs> What an iconic hat. There's only one like it. And then they announce, no, there's not. <laughs> there's seven billion. <laughs> there's one watchdog master edition for every human who every exists. Person. Oh, I thought it was just, I thought that the announcer was just getting confused with hats and boobs. For yeah, something. there was that too. The announcer's often confused. He doesn't know. He's doing voiceover. Oh my. Wow. Super Noah's cool. Ark. It. You gotta. It's, it's incredible. So weird. It's just you're just watching Doom, but with just like goofy animals. Let's hear that audio. Turn that up a little bit there, Chris. Yeah, right. <laughs> what is that? Is that an animal sound? I guess it's an animal sound. Oh, I wonder what their pig sounds like. <laughs> that. Okay. Oh, that's a door opening. <laughs> oh, good. What? It's an old timey arc door. What's happening? I'm picking up uh, pickups. Okay, this. All right, sorry. It's incredible. So they've made a game on the Wolfenstein engine that sounds like Commander Keen. <laughs> yes, accurate. Hopefully, there's a vinyl soundtrack re-release of the Super Super Noah's Ark soundtrack. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't even make sense, right? Because it's only two of each animal. Also, so all the animals all are the animals. in. You're like in a inside because Wolfenstein. Is all walls. Wait, yeah. Is it inside simulating outside or is it inside the arc? No, there's shit. Oh, you're in the stuff. arc. It looks like you're in the whole of the what? arc. What? The arc is out of control. Keep the animals asleep always. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be a fun game if you did it well. Animal anarchy yeah, and the tigers sure what... are trying to it's eat like the dungeon monkeys. keeper. Yeah. <laughs> Shooting goats right now. But where are the pigs? Chris, what has happened? Stop. Collecting bananas. I really hope that the end of the podcast is this just is a slow, slow fade. fade. Yeah, this yeah. is just... <laughs> We can just let this go now if we know that we're fading this out. What so. if it's actually It's like... over. Yeah. It's warming Join us next week. No, it's warming <laughs> for Idle Thumbs brain. 161. We talk about... And... This episode was brought to you by NatureBox, a delicious snack subscription service that sends boxes of treats directly to your home or office. Visit naturebox.com slash thumbs for 50% off your first NatureBox order. How much? 50%, Jake. <laughs> so have you guys heard that album Mouth Sounds? <laughs> Chris, you've got to stop playing this now. This episode, <laughs> this episode ended he 80 years stop. ago. <laughs> Wait, can you make more pain noise? No, I refuse. I'm not going to compete with this. <laughs> Yay, yours are better. <laughs>
don't know what the problem is. I don't know. It's enjoying Super Noah's Ark 3D. There's full playthroughs of this game on YouTube. Oh, it's incredible. This is better, though, than... Just, just hearing it is better you can than playing it. Noah apparently has a painting of himself on the wall in his art. <laughs> Jake Rodkin style. Your eyes just bugged out of your head when you saw that. You did like a cartoon. <laughs> you were so surprised. He's got lots of portraits of himself, actually. They're all over the guy. It's like a prideful. dictator's mansion here. They probably replaced the picture of Hitler. <laughs> oh, right? No, I'm sure they did. How strange is that? It being a Wolfenstein 3D based thing, it means that they painted over a portrait of Adolf Hitler with a portrait of what they imagine Noah looks like. For their Bible game. Yeah. Shooting lots of goats. Are the dogs still There's the Wolfenstein dogs? On this arc. Are the dogs still the Wolfenstein dogs? I haven't seen any dogs yet. It's all goats so well, far. See, this is how it got to be just two. On the arc. <laughs> <laughs> they had to kill all the other. Kill all but two of each animal. Noah, it turns out a lot of animals really wanted on this arc, but I asked for two alone. <laughs> <laughs> Your task is apparently going to be wacky as fuck, though. <laughs> He's murdering so many goats. He's just putting them to sleep and then dumping them off the ark. <laughs> Hope he can swim. There's not going to be enough food for this many fucking alive goats. They're going to die. Yeah. They're going to starve to death. It's going to be. They would have died anyway in the flood, Chris. Well, now their blood is on Noah's hands. <laughs> Could have been on God's hands. Why the... We're all just gonna roll off this podcast one at a time. <laughs> I know, edit me out, coming back for a second. It's <laughs> <laughs> like seven more minutes of this. This just gets Chris, funnier I'm, the longer I'm, it goes I'm, on. I'm glad you brought music back to Idle Thumbs, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the horse with the cold? Sure. Oh, good. Fun horse. <laughs> All I'm thinking about is some guy who has like a mini tracker up going. Just <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. Sounds like Noah's Ark, yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a, a thing I had when I was two, and I sort of pulled the little wheel and it made all animals. That Imagine if your barnyard animal sound wheel also had a mini had an ad-lib part in it. <laughs> Why is this replacing my pictures? What? I don't know why, but I just pictured every animal noise replaces a picture in your life with a little pixel portrait of Noah. What? It's like an evil, dark superpower. I can't figure out the world you're describing. No. It's really fucked up. <laughs> I knew the podcast was pretty close to never coming back after. <laughs> I knew we were like a few episodes away, but I didn't think this was going to be the end of it. 
but I'm gonna say here and now this is my last idle thumbs. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that idle thumbs died as it lived. Worthless. Yes. <laughs> Full of shitty animal sounds and biblical allegories. Misguided biblical allegories. <laughs> The problem is that Chris is in control of this, so it's not gonna actually stop until it's over. It's gonna stop whenever we want. Then we're gonna edit the episode, and then you're gonna realize that he is in fact just listening to this again secretly on his headphones. <laughs> Danielle, it's a pleasure having you on. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> 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 